You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Here we are. Yep. Back again. Yeah, it's the, it's that time again. Getting... It's that time we got. We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing a thing. Doing a thing. Been a little slow, but you know, between us We've had a lot being, of stuff uh, yeah, on. you know, a lot of stuff, and then our editors had some stuff going mm-hmm. on, so it's just been a little delayed on everyone's fronts. But uh, we're back, dealing with life. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, you don't pay us for this, so we'll get it done when we get it done. Mm-hmm. All right, I'd be so much more on top of things if I was getting paid yeah. and had a deadline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing new. Not really. Um, I saw the D&D movie, which was cute. Uh, did you? Yeah. I still want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I think it's coming out on streaming. Uh, really? Already? Soon. Cool. Yeah, on Paramount. All right. All right. Do we have good. Paramount or do we no, have the other one? No, we have Peacock, but I think we can get Paramount for free for seven days. So hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Paramount has a bunch of good stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know, you can only have so many streaming services. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's warm here, finally. Yes, finally. it finally warmed up. Took a while. Um, we are drinking these delicious seltzers. They're apple slices yeah. from Bud Light. They're really good. They're, They're really kind of like, if you like... It's not too Yeah, apple-y. I was going to say, if you like a cider... Yes. But, uh, like, you like, like a, a chiller cider, cider yeah, yeah, that isn't like, oh my god, I am literally drinking sugar. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit fizzy, and these are really good, because they definitely have that cidery taste, but because they're a seltzer, they're, a, they're, they're chiller. Yeah, they're a little bit chiller, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really worried that the apple was gonna be like, apple, yeah, and it's not. Not, that's good. Yeah, no, this one's really good, too, so. Good choice. We recommend the the designs on them are really cute mm-hmm. too. It's a cute can. Cute cans. Good good job, Bud Light. Good yeah. job, Bud Light all around. Putting rainbows on shit and Bud Light marketing team. Getting, <laughs> getting shit getting done. Shit. <laughs> good on you guys. <laughs> all right. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but first, first, let's, let's talk, talk nerdy. Think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So episode eighty three means I'm gonna go first. So I it's going to be no surprise to you. I'm yeah. talking about the Magnus Archives. Of course. <laughs> I figured. Yeah, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> um, so, guys, if you haven't listened to the Magnus Archives, they are a podcast. Um, they are great. <laughs> Just, they are Done. a podcast, period. <laughs> That's it. That's all you That's get. That's it. All you get. I'll talk about it a little bit more what it is. Uh, it's a podcast. Go listen. So... My, my resource, my resources, my, my refer, my, is it sources? My sources. Just my sources. I added resources to it. The re, I don't know why I yeah. said that. Just sources. References and sources. <laughs> you got, they got mixed. Maybe. It's fine. Is obviously the podcast, the Magnus Archive that I have listened to all the season two. Am and, and I am re-listening to it right now. RustyQuill.com, which is who makes the Magnus Archives, mm-hmm. and then Fandom.com. I needed a giant being like, tell me everything, because there's so much in this, yes. and I can't follow it. Yeah, no, I've definitely been, like, popping on to Fandom every now Yeah. Like, every time I'm like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of names, a lot of references, well, but I'm yeah. I'm so bad at names. Yeah, me too. And especially when it's like, I don't have, so even, like, a person. Most, well, and especially since, like, a, a lot of them are just, like, 
normally chill names. normal names. Yeah. And since it's a podcast, you're Sarah, only, I'll remember yeah, until I die. die. But like, <laughs> other than that, Tim. <laughs> no. So this is a synopsis directly from Rusty Quill itself. <laughs> the Magnus Archives is a weekly horror fiction anthology podcast examining what lurks in the archives of the Magnus oh Institute, an organization dedicated to researching the esoteric and the weird. Join the new head archivist, Jonathan Sims, as he attempts to bring a seemingly neglected collection of supernatural statements up to date, converting them into audio and supplementing them with follow-up uh, follow-up work by a small but dedicated team. Um, I can't believe it was fucking weekly. Yeah. So much work. Yeah. So it was written by Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Sims. And, yeah, I don't know. He just named, used his name as the main character. But, I mean, um, fair. That is fair. But I think he actually legit goes by Jonathan, and the character goes, goes by, by John. John. Yeah. Um, and produced by Alexander J. Nawal. Newell. Who is Newell. 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 Okay. Just Jay. He has a middle name. When they say it in the Jay. middle. Jay. We're, we're like <laughs> Leon S. Kennedy over here. Hey. <laughs> Given your middle initial, uh, I'm gonna initial. start putting my middle initial, initial all over <laughs> right? I'm gonna just change it every like three days. Though. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And then whenever anybody's like, "What does it stand for?" I'll be like, "What do you think it stands for?" And then I'll be like, "You're right." <laughs> so the Magnus Archives is basically a creepy pasta, and throughout it, though a lot of them can stand alone as one-offs. If you r- listen to them all together, it ends up telling this nice big long story <laughs> it is five seasons long and it is 200 episodes it kind of does what x-files wishes that it, it could have done did. Yeah. yeah but in but i guess it does go more like everything is supernatural instead whereas x-files was like also possibly it's yeah. the government well yeah i know listening to a lot of the um the behind the scenes stuff and even re-listening to in the beginning they talk about how He's, uh, John is trying to put everything onto his laptop mm-hmm. and there are certain, and, not and the ones that are being video recorded yeah. are the ones that aren't working. So those are exactly. the only ones we're hearing through this videotape, this video re- audio recording mm-hmm. is is the supernatural ones because the they ones can't that are go too weird. Yeah. yeah the ones that are go going onto the, the laptop are just yeah. the normal ones. Exactly. So it was, it's like a nice little thing to be like, Hey, there are normal ones. It's not yeah. all supernatural, but we don't care about those. Exactly. <laughs> That's not what this is about. <laughs> so the first episode aired on March 23rd of 2016 titled Anglerfish. And which is really good. Yep. It starts off so strong. It's so strong. And the last <laughs> episode as of right now is, uh, was called Last Words, aired on March 25th, 2021. So literally almost exactly five years later. Oh, wow. But they had more coming. So yay. yay. Yeah, they did a Kickstarter. Yes. And they received a lot of money. <laughs> Good for them. They deserve it. Put As it, they should. They put the fucking work every into two, it. Yeah. Every week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, so, and I know by like, obviously the first few seasons where they weren't funded or anything, they were just, but like, they got to a point where they had a podcast where they were paying people. Like, the voice mm-hmm. actors got paid. If yeah. They had guest voice actors. They were paid. Like, they're paid. So, that's what it went to and all their fancy Good. equipment. Yes. There is a lot to this podcast. It's a lot to follow. I, like I said, just started re-listening to it because I know I missed probably about 50% of it the first time through. 
Um, I definitely mapped through a few episodes. There's definitely some episodes I well, listened you, to. <laughs> you missed, you fully missed, what's his name? Fully forgot who the fuck Simon was. Yeah, no exactly. fucking You're clue like, who Simon who was. Who is that guy? I'm like, he's no. like one of the big antagonists. Yeah, but no, the, but the, <laughs> the one who brought Martin into the lonely was Peter. Shit. Are they not the same person? No, they're the different, and I'll go into that, which I didn't realize, so you don't remember either. I don't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I really yes. thought I had my, my, my shit on straight Yeah. Here. So. That's super, that's even super So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm but sorry. I kind of remember yeah, who Simon is Simon. now. I think you're great. Your I'm voice just, is great. I just, I just don't, don't have. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. Unfortunately, also, a lot of British voices just sound yeah. the same to me. It's true. It's fair. Even, but even, uh, I, I mean, I definitely am glad I'm re-listening to it because there's so much I've also already picked up on and I'm only on like episode 30 right now. So, um, but we're going to focus on one topic because there's so much that if I just <laughs> yeah. tried to talk about it, it would take forever. I do want to continue on by saying to anyone, um, I never knew I was missing queer creepypasta from my life, but it, there was a huge hole in me that needed this. So <laughs> if you feel like you have a huge hole in your heart, this is probably what you need. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a very specific <laughs> queer <feel>. creepypasta. <laughs> But here we are. I will say. I didn't realize I needed it until I was like, I needed this. At least I, you know, I'm not like on no sleep and creepypasta as much as I was like 10 years ago. But when, yeah, because I used to, I had a job where they didn't check what I was doing on the internet and I can't read that shit when I'm home alone because it's too scary. Mm -hmm. But I can read it when I'm at work. And I read a truly stupid amount of stuff. And there's, like, a fair amount of, like... Queer creepypasta. There's it's definitely a, a lot niche, out guys. there. It's a great yeah. niche that my heart didn't know it needed well, until like, I had it. Horror is such a queer genre. It's true. It's like, true. as a whole. So it makes sense that, like, a lot of queer people got into it yeah. and got into writing it. And then they're like, also, all of the characters I read are queer because... Why wouldn't why they wouldn't they be? Queer is way yeah. more interesting. Just assume everybody's queer, and if I tell you specifically somebody's hetero, which I won't, <laughs> uh, you'll know. <laughs> and I will right now give warning if you want, obviously, mm. spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. If you want to go listen to this and not be spoiled, uh, pause this part of the episode and come back to it after you've listened to 200 episodes. <laughs> Are you going to ruin the end for me? Because I no. haven't gotten there. Okay. No. Um, I'm very close. Yeah, no. Um, so I am specifically just going to be talking about the entities today. Yay! A.K.A. the fears, a.k.a. the villains. Those are my... Yes. That's, it's honestly the... It's, it's like, so good. It's such an the, interesting take. Everything's so good and all of the characters are great, but that is like... Like, if I had to save one thing. And what's something super interesting that I didn't realize until I was doing this is essentially all of the characters by the end, so all the characters still in, like, seasons three, four, and five, like, the main core of the archive, mm-hmm. they all end up as an avatar for one of the fears. That's cool. So, like, it pulls everything in. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so let's go. Let's let's do it. And yeah, there's no real spoilers. Um, yeah, I don't go I over figured. any of that. Yeah, no. But like, obviously, there's spoilers for it if you haven't listened to anything. You're, yeah. But other than that, well, there's no like real spoilers, especially if you're only a couple episodes yeah, away. I'm not like say, telling you the ending. <laughs> the fact that the entities are the big villains, yeah, is kind of a spoiler. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. So the entities also called as um, the fears, the powers, the dread, uh, the dread powers and the thing that were fear were uh, are the principal antagonists of Magnus archives um, and the phenomena for the more mundane antagonists that we deal with Sorry, I did say Mundine. No worries. I added an N there. Well, <laughs> you, you added I, a, a, some sort of an accent over the <laughs> U. I don't know what it would be, but I know that there's something. It's true. Yeah. Um, and so all, so like, like I was saying, most of the episodes are sort of like one-offs and they're just these weird little antagonists in it and all of them end up serving the fears. Yes. So this has nothing to do with it, but I'm cool. watching a, um, like D and D play, uh, game and the person, the DM said coiffed instead of quaffed for him. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, you read that and then you didn't make it into the word that it's supposed to be. Yep. And I feel that with every, every ounce of my being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, um. so I always mention it because I don't want you to listen back and be like, well, I don't want somebody to be like, you don't know how to say Mundane. <laughs> you don't know how to say Mundane. <laughs> Reading words and just saying words in a sentence totally is totally different. different. <laughs> um, so what are they? They are various aspects of an anim- um, amorphous force of fear that exists right next to our reality. And they're in, they have influence upon the reality that manifests into supernatural happenings in our reality. Cool. So in other words, all supernatural phenomena in the world are simply extensions of the fears. Mm-hmm. These phenomena can take various forms, such as people, animals, monsters, books, objects, or even places, all to the goal of evoking fear, terror, and some kind of paranoia when whoever encounters them. Uh, the entities don't simply feed off the fear, but our fears made uh, to manifest. It's not only human fears, but they'll take it from animals, especially the fears flesh and hunt. Fascinating. Yeah. And they were like, oh yeah, not just you fucks. Yep. Also, all of these. Also, all of these other things yep. that feel fear. Mm-hmm. It's not just you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and the more fearful the world is of a certain thing, the more powerful the related entity becomes and, ca- and they increase the influence they have on um, the world. Cool, 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 cool. And episode 200, which is the last episode, mm-hmm. it's so. Here's a totally spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler. It's revealed that originally there was only one entity, and it was implied to be the hunt. The entity existed before humans and fed on animal fears. But as humans evolved and became more developed with language and complex thoughts, the the, uh, like grew the hunt began to tear apart into more specific fears, causing sense. more entities. It's well, I feel like that's just. 
Yeah, because animals. Well, I was gonna say sense. animals or people or things with lesser intelligence yeah. are going to have more basic fears because they don't have all that. Then you get more complex, and that's where more complex mm. fears come in. So yeah, so that was a basic, the one basic fear, and then it pulled apart as more things could be feared. I have a question for you at the end of everything. Okay. Um, as these new entities grew and fought among each other, they felt the urge to enter a world or become one of um, one with the minds below. They received the opportunity to do this with the avatars, uh, which were the connection between their realm and ours. And as they, as their ability basically grew and formed and they gained power to start influencing our world. Most of the entities are nearly mindless, unable to conceptualize time or themselves or a motive purely based by their desire of just feeding on the fear and to enter the world. The only two exceptions to this is the web and the end. Um, they are a lot more sentient and seem to sort of have their own. Yes. The web is great. So cool. Yes. And all of just like... When you're like, it's this, and then you're like, actually, it's this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. So the show eventually breaks all these entities or fears into 14 categories, and they're referred to as Smirk's List. It was created by Robert Smirk, and Sir Robert Smirk was born in 1780 and was uh, and died in 1867. <laughs> yes. He's awesome. Yes. I love Robert Smirk. Yes. And he categorized um, all the entities into, like I said, 14 categories. Each entity is um, comprised of smaller terrors, some more direct, some more abstract, some, and some sometimes bleed into one another. So uh, the fairs do kind of can sometimes change depending, obviously, on the subject to the place, the time, the culture, uh, where we just are in the world as it is. Um, they, and like, then the power, yes, us. they evolve with us. And sometimes what was a fear of one might become a fear of another, depending on how we are as a species. Mm-hmm. And each entity does have various names and, but there, and then there's the most comp, but the commonly most common use name. Mm-hmm. Also, all of the names are extremely Lovecraftian. Yeah. And they've done an incredible yep. <laughs> job in bringing in that like cosmic horror. Fear. Yes. Yep. So good. So these classifications are much like colors, uh, and, and, uh, the fears can be grouped into few, uh, few categories and then separated amongst the degrees even more. Sometimes they bleed into one another. Like I said, getting different shades or hues and stuff like that. That's such a good, good analogy, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they clash complementary colors, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They clash with some one another. Yeah. And then some of them. Yeah. So yes, exactly. John does, and John even does explain, um, John is the archivist, if you guys don't remember that. If you've already lost track. I know, it's a very basic (laughs) name, so it's easy to forget. Um, John does explain that he does think all the fears are a little intertwined, a little too intertwined to actually be split up, but to help it make sense to obviously the listeners and Mm -hmm. to if this was actual, their reality, he does continue to, to yeah, exactly. You have to split them up somehow. Yeah. So he does continue to use these 14 to split things up. 
All right. So the list I was using did them in alphabetical order, but then I kind of pulled them apart by putting some of the more important ones at the end to talk about because they're the bigger and better, not better, but the bigger, more important ones to the story. So I split them all up into basic the few things. So we'll go through the first one, but then they all basically follow the same pattern. Yeah. So the first one we have is The Buried. It's um, also called The Choke, Too Close, Cannot Breathe, Forever Deep, and Below Creation. It is the fear of claustrophobia, Mm -hmm. being trapped, suffocating, or drowning. It manifests as deep water, debtor financial issues, dirt and earth, my life, everyone's life, America. America is just being buried. Yeah. (laughs) The buried has us in a stronghold right now. (laughs) But also the fact that somebody was like, oh, yeah, it's like being choked or being crushed. And they're like, also by debt. That's so smart. (laughs) I know. That's so fucking smart. Um, Tight spaces, caves. Coffins oh, and graves. Any of the ones where they're like, I'm, sw- it's that, that one with the divers. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In any, any story where, like, I'm like, why, why do people do this to themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Aren't there I, robots I know. for I know. this now? Like, why do, why do you, why, why did this happen? If you really need to know what's in a weird crevice, just send a fucking, isn't there a robot yeah, you can there do is. that with? Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. So the buried first appears in episode two. Do not open. It appears as a coffin. Right. And it appears in... Tw- oh, such a good episode. That is yeah, such a good episode. Oh, right. Shit. Um, and it appears in uh, 21 other episodes. Um, uh, some of the avatars, I'll go through like known avatars and servants to each of them. Some of them aren't super known because yeah. they aren't super or, important or to the plot. To the yeah, story. exactly. Might only really be a one-off. Um, but, and then other ones have really important people that are their avatars. Um, so the governor and an Enrique McKellen and, uh, Ezekiel Wakely were all forms of avatars. I didn't go through and figure out what episodes they were or whatever they fucking did. I didn't care. Ezekiel Wakely is a name from a very specific Hezekiel. time. Ooh, even has more. has an H at the beginning. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not now. If I met a man <laughs> named... Has he wakely now? Be like, first of all, your parents hate it. <laughs> they all have rituals that basically are if you can com- perform this ritual, that entity will then be the one that sort of like takes over. Has so, dominion over. Yes, yes, basically. So um I'll also talk about each ritual that they're they think are what Gertrude did a lot of them. You'll hear Gertrude's mm-hmm. name a lot that they figured out. Um, so who is Gertrude for the reader? Gertrude was, which I will mention further the down, the Why reader. <laughs> so Gertrude was the previous archivist. Mm-hmm. And what we will realize is the archivist. I love Gertrude. Yes. The archivist is ba- not just reading these stories. Mm-hmm. They are basically meant to try to stop these rituals kind of we'll get into it when we talk about that um but gertrude was the previous one and you'll hear her name actually literally in the next sentence i'm about to read (laughs) yes so right before she's so good Ah. did you know she's actually jonathan sims mom no yeah yeah that's the voice actor is the mom yeah So cool. And apparently one of the, when the later episode, she's like, 
I want to cackle. Can I just cackle? And they were like, Gertrude doesn't really cackle. And she's like, but I really want to cackle. But I think Gertrude do a really good <laughs> And she cackle. apparently does do a really good cackle, but it's not in it because but Gertrude's no, character can't cackle. <laughs> I know. I know. So cute. <laughs> oh my God. Treasure her. I know. I know, right? All right. So, um, <laughs> the buried ritual is called Sunken Sky. And they think there was one that took place on June 17th. Well, they know there's one that took place on June 17th, 2008 in a massive pit. But Gertrude Robinson stopped the ritual by tossing a dismembered body of a Jan Kilbird, um, which had been touched by the vast into the pit. An earthquake struck later that night and ended up destroying the whole town. So she stopped the ritual, but she destroyed this whole town. <laughs> well, you know, she, she's like, you know, you got to save the many. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you gonna do <laughs> yep. and then the last part I will tell about each of them is sort of how they intertwine with one another in, a, in certain ways so the buried in many ways is the opposite of the vast obviously uh, one is sort of not enough space and the other one is a whole bunch of space weirdly I am afraid of both of them <laughs> um, and the lonely and the buried seem to have several features in common mm-hmm. A Naomi Hearn describes the second half of our experience in uh, in ways more commonly associated with the, the buried, thick fog pressing in and making it hard to breathe, open graves trying to suck her in, uh, frequent mentions of dirt and pressure and lost time and memories, um, but then it also can get de- described in a lonely sense as well. So it yeah. all kind of, inter- those are sort of how we were saying things intertwine. Yeah, I could see the lonely working with both the buried and the vast. Yeah. It well it's it's not that they like work together. Not, they yeah. just yeah, they it's just align. Just, sometimes it's like well you and you're I think feeling yeah. a lot of well, I was gonna say you're feeling a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And I think I mentioned this later when I talk about the lonely. If you're being buried by something, especially if it's like physically buried by something, you're probably gonna get a little like lonely. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like trapped somewhere, you'll be like you're gonna pull back and yeah, yeah I'm all by myself. Person. This is lonely. <laughs> The next one we're going to talk about is the corruption, also known as filth, the crawling rot, and and flesh hive. I know. So these are, I did not look up what any of these fears are, but all that I just said is basically probably what these fears are. So misophobia, verminophobia, which makes me think vermin. Yeah. Um, It's misophobia. Misophonia is something. Yeah, else. phobia. There's yeah, miso, m y s o. Oh, never mind. Misophobia. Um, bacteriophobia, which I'm assuming is bacteria, mm-hmm. and tripophobia. Uh, tripophobia. Tripophobia. Which is when you have a lot of little holes in something. Okay. Okay. And a lot of people react extremely badly to that. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Don't That's look it weird. up. Because you. Literally, it's just like an... I'm going to look up what Miss Hope's talking. Oh, yeah, I would love to know what that is. I um, didn't look them up. But yeah, like, I'm there's something, like, very unnatural about it that makes people feel uncomfortable. Okay. Like, when you see, like, something that has a lot of little eggs in it, or, like, little... Oh, yeah, well, like, a, thinking of, like, a spider egg, a spider egg sack yeah, is disgusting. that's kind of the same sort of feeling. You should, you should. Okay, so it is actually also known as just the vermin, verminophobia. Okay, so, like germs. Yeah, 
anything Bugs, that's dirty and gross. Dirty. Yeah. Um, so it manifests as mold, bugs, rot, decay, infection, unhealthy love and companion or um, an unhealthy companionship. I like how they always throw that in there. They're like, this is obviously the obvious stuff. stuff. Like that. Okay. See, that doesn't super freak me out, but the idea of a of a spider's nest freaks me yeah, the fuck no, out. No, it's, it's like holes. In yeah, the makes sense. Yeah. So its first appearance was episode six called Squirm. Appears as a flash hive. Yeah, Squirm is just also so gross. Flash hive is a disgusting. It's the worst. Oh, it's so gross. Way to put two words together in my life. <laughs> like it's gross. Flesh as a word is gross. That. Yep. Bad word. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Um, which is why when they did the um, Action League now with the action figures and they had like just the naked guy yes. called the Flesh, hilarious. But like, ugh. yeah. And then Hive, and then just there's no any picture that comes into your head. It's gross. It's just gross. Horrifying, <laughs> and comes it. with a sound effect. Yeah, a squelchy sound effect. <laughs> In case you guys weren't hearing that sound effect. Oh, yeah, no. If, if your brain doesn't immediately be like, oh, a flesh Ew. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it's bad. It's gross. Okay, so been in about 24 episodes. Um, the, yes. Sorry. Do you think that they were like, how terrible do you think yes. you can make this? Oh, yeah. Every time I think he writes, like, he tries to make it as awful as he can. He's like, okay, he well, let me, like, try a bunch of thesaurus shit for this. And then he's what like, is the grossest one? one? I know. Send that know. to one person and they're like, their life. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the main servant, our avatar, is Jane Prentice, uh, who is the sort of main villain of the first yes. season. Um, there's also John Amherst, old Maggie, and a few other one-offs. Something about old ladies ma- named Maggie. You're just <laughs> never going to have a really good life. Um, so the corruption has no known, uh, no, no named rituals, though Robert Smirk theorized that Jane Prentice was attempting to begin the ritual in... Though Robert, I was like, Robert Smirk wasn't alive when Jane Prentice was around. Um, though Robert Smirk presumably created one when he wrote the w- rituals for um, each uh, entity. John theorized. Robert Smirk, what are you doing? Right. So John theorized that Jane Prentice was attempting to begin the ritual in 2016. The ritual involved the creation of a gate with the worms of the flesh, uh, of the flesh hive, an area saturated with its influence intended to rot the hole into corruption, uh, corruption itself. And she does attack the Magnus Institute in episode 39, Infestation. It is scary as shit. And that may be what was supposed to be the The ritual. Yes. But she dies. Spoilers. Spoiler. (laughs) She dies. That's season one, okay? (laughs) Um... And the corruption the buried sometimes also intersect with insects and living worms and grounds and you know, share that kind of domain together. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one. Icky shit. Icky gross shit. Yeah. The next one is The Dark, also called Mr. Pitch and the Forever Blind. It's obviously darkness, which is a scotophobia. And what lies within the dark is what the fears are. It manifests in dark water. Blindness. Dark water is the worst. It's so thing. creepy. Oh, um, 
Have you seen on TikTok the guy who has made a pit in his cellar for eels? No. The eel pit guy. No. Okay, I hope he comes on. Honestly, it's kind of charming, but it is the weirdest thing, and I am yeah. concerned for him. Yeah, that is weird. Yep. Okay. Um, catfish, I'm gonna, too. I'm going like to type in eel pit on yeah. TikTok. You will okay. find it. Okay. Like, you know. Cool. All right, so um, it manifests as dark water, blindness, coldness, creatures within the dark. And then uh, the first appearance is episode nine of Father's Love, and it has been in about 18 episodes. Some of the servants um, of the sphere are the People's Church of the Divine Hosts, which is a religious organization dedicated to the dark. I love those guys are fun. I mean, they're also bad. Yeah. And then um, Callum Brody, who is one of the leaders of the one of the domains in season five. Yes. I won't tell you what that is, just in case you don't want any more spoilers. <laughs> um, the Dark has one known ritual called the Extinguished Sun. The ritual sun as in sun. Yes. Okay, not like sun with an O. Not the, not your sun, but the sun. <laughs> the sun. Um, the ritual involves a, a week of night and horror with hundreds of sacrifices in central location and at a number of secondary supporting locations. The ceremony begins with the sacrifice of a creature of the dark so that the worshippers could drink its blood and be baptized in the waters it touched, and would end with an unveiling of the sun of darkness during a solar eclipse in a location near the North Pole and its months-long That's your sun, not the sun? The extinguished sun. Okay. The sun of darkness? No, it's the sun of darkness. The sun of darkness. It's all with the The sun. sun. Okay. So basically, they're just going to go be Alaska for a little bit. Oh. (laughs) There's already a place that has months of darkness, and it's Alaska. (laughs) Watch 30 Days of Night, but don't watch the ending. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good until the end. That happens a lot, which is always a bummer. Yeah. The Extinguished Sun is the only known ritual for uh, for certain to predate the Smirks list, and it was a conversation he had with a Maxwell Rayner that inspired him to put it to paper, or put it on the paper, I guess. I don't know. Put it to paper. You know. Um, the opposite of the dark would be the eye. Obviously, mm-hmm. darkness wants to take it all away, while the eye wants everything open yeah. because they want to You're see. You're either going to see... Every single fucking thing, or or absolutely nothing. nothing. Um, The dark, the lonely, and desolation are the three out of the fourteen that have religious followings. The dark has uh, the dark has the people of the Church of the Divine Host, and additionally, the descriptions of a lot of the locations for the dark are usually churches, and they tend to be appeared with the lonely because once again, dark lonely. Yeah, you know, you get lonely. It tracks. Dark. I feel like the lonely gets on with a lot of the you other know. guys because he's like, um, Peter's, Peter's on it. Hey, oh, good for you, buddy. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. But. The lonely is like, <laughs> enemies to lovers with the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining my life. <laughs> All right. So the next one is desolation. Also known as the lightless flame, the torturing flame, the devastation, the blackened earth, and the ravening. 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 Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't word that. <laughs> the ravening burn. 
Um, the fear is burning. Yeah, that's about time. Pain, destruction. I think this was supposed to say lost, but I think I deleted the T, so it just says los. Los. Or just, it could be loss. Oh, it could be loss. Yeah. Which is, makes sense. Is loss not spelled? Isn't loss spelled with two S's? Yeah. Oh, I could have t- deleted the S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the like long old man wheeze there. Oh, yep. <laughs> no, it's just my, it's just my coworker, Los, actually. He's also there. <laughs> he is the desolation. Hey, I mean, there are worse guys to be. Um, the desolation is pretty sick. Yeah, no, that's like, pretty sweet. And they're the, um, the like, their spooky fucking fire religion yes. is also yeah. incredibly so cool. It, it takes the, the, it takes form as flame, mm-hmm. wax, heat, burns, destruction, so and destruction of potential. Oh, they no. always throw one They're of those so... in there and it's so good. Like, <laughs> and it hurts so on. bad. <laughs> Damn. Ugh. Destruction of potential. Let's see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first appearance. Be like, uh, hi, therapist. Can you listen to the next 100 episodes of this thing for me? Please and thank you. Please and thank you. I feel like they've personally wronged me. <laughs> um, the first episode is episode eight called Burning Out. And mm. it's been in 22 episodes. Um, the main servant is the cult of lightless flame. and They're course, so awesome. Yep, and then, of course, the main avatar is Agnes Montague. And Agnes is Agnes super cool. Montague. Also, yep. I don't know. Agnes went from, like, being an old lady name to a hot girl name, yep. like, overnight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Demon child over here. I'm into it. Uh, desolation child, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the desolation. You're gonna be picky. <laughs> the desolation's ritual involved the creation of Agnes Montague as a messiah, um, and incar- incarnation of the flame that was to bring about the scorched earth. She became temporarily unable to fulfill the ritual when the web bound her to Gertrude Robinson. Right. The cult of the lightless flame, fearing that a violent death would also harm Agnes, decided to wait for Gertrude to die of old age. In 2006, Agnes was afflicted with doubt and realization she, what? Just the idea of Gertrude Robinson being like, I'm never gonna fucking die! Seriously, because <laughs> she wasn't going to. She wasn't you going to. You have to take to. me out. It's the yep. only way. <laughs> <laughs> she was like 80 and working exactly. as a fucking archivist. Yeah. <laughs> and not like just like. Not reading, an archivist. Like, but like, like this specific like, archivist. Ending like, fucking. I'm trying to fight. Yes. Apocalypses. A couple apocalypses a year. Shit, man. Yeah. All right. So in 2006. <laughs> Never. By blind putting much together. No worries. 2006, Agnes was uh, afflicted with doubt and realization she may be unable to complete the ritual. Rather than attempting it and leading to centuries of waiting before it could be attempted again, Agnes decided to die a cold and quiet death. She was just like, fuck out, bitches. She's like, mm, I didn't actually... <laughs> you made me this tool, and that's the only thing I was ever allowed to be. Yep. Um, Agnes decided to die a cold and quiet death, and she hoped that it would spark, uh, the, that her spark would return the lightless flame and allow for a new ritual attempt sooner at some point. So this is, uh, once again, one of the three that has a religious following. 
Um, it's what all cults yeah. in real life wish that yes, they could they be, be and but are armed. never cool. Mm-hmm. They're just always like, actually, <laughs> we want to take your your money and, I don't know. And then, obviously, the web and Desolation that. don't get along because the web was one of the main reasons why Desolation probably wouldn't be able to have their ritual and all that. Yeah, that's stuff. kind of a bummer, I yeah, guess. kind of a bummer. <laughs> My absolute bad, I... <laughs> Thought it would be funny at the time. <laughs> well, remember, the web is one of them that has... Machinations. Act, yeah. So sh- they they plan. They actually have plans, not just fear and, That's her whole, and take over. That's their yeah. whole deal. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the next one is called The End, also called Death Terminus, The Coming End That Waits for All mm-hmm. and Cannot Be Ignored. What if what's the fear? Death. <laughs> Very simple. Just in case you couldn't Just figure, in case it out you from figure that out. Literally every one of those. <laughs> um manifest as bones, the dead, and dreams, and game pieces. Don't do puzzles, bitches. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um the first appearance is game episode pieces. eleven called Dreamer and has appeared in nineteen total episodes. Um, the end's avatars are, one, uh, are, um, Oliver Banks, also known as Antonio Blake, and Georgie Barker. Oh, I love that. So, I don't know if you realize this, but Georgie doesn't yeah, feel fear. I and remember. it's because she is an avatar. Oh, that's yes, Yeah. That's why. Which I didn't really fucking realize until I read this. And I was like, oh. I re- well, I remember that episode where she's like, this is my story. And like, yeah. yeah and I'm yep. just not afraid of really anything yeah. anymore. Yep. Because So, she was able to deter it by <laughs> completely just fucking her over. But it like. And yeah. she be, sort of became it. So, well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Georgie. I fucking love Georgie She's too. So cute. I put in parentheses. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, that and has no known rituals, which Peter Lucas theorizes is because everyone dies eventually. Thus, the end doesn't have a need to remake anything or to take over. Everything is going to die. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which was. The ones that don't have rituals, the reasons that they don't have rituals, I'm like, yes. Yeah. A plus, 100%. Yep. And then... It's like, I'm going to get these eventually, mm-hmm. so I just got to wait. Yep. And the end doesn't really also seem to have any other major connection to the other entities, because once again, it knows it's just going to consume everything at some point, mm-hmm. so there's no reason to really have to deal with anyone else, um, but it sometimes, obviously, it does interact with slaughter, because, you know... And they kind of hand yeah. in hand. Yeah. All right. The next one. The Flesh. No! <laughs> its other name Ooh. is Viscera. Worse! I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, oh. I know. The body, the, the fear is body horror, dysmorphia, mm-hmm. being killed for meat and being eaten. It manifests. Which are all great fears. Yeah. Which are all. Ugh. Um, flesh man- it manifests as meat, corpses, blood, bones, butchers, meat-related industry, and cannibalism. It's first- the sound effects for yep. flesh. Uh, you can hear it. I know. The first episode is episode five, thrown away with the bag yes. of fucking teeth. Yep. Oh. <laughs> 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 
And it appears in about 20 other episodes. Um, some of its known um, avatars are a Jared Hopworth, Monster Ooh. Pig, yes. who I love. I was going to say. I loved Monster Pig. Okay, I'm because glad. I, I was like, is this the one like, like, be, be careful? Like, but I was like, really? It's about a pig. And it's it doesn't have a happy ending. No, but I mean, the pig ate a bunch of people, and really, yeah. all well, I wanted was a murderous more, pig. I was so. like, it also ate a bunch of pigs. Yeah, and that, that made true. me sad. That is that is sad. yeah. But he ate a bunch of people too. So. Yeah. Well, you know exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. You win some, and you yeah, lose some. It's true. Mm-hmm. And then, and imagine um, how big he would be. So very, big. very giant. Oh my god, I love him. Okay. <laughs> um, also, Jared. Jared's great. Yes. Yeah. A great character. Yes. Not a likable character. And Angela, who is mentioned in episode 14, and then we find her ruling her own domain in season five. Oh. Yeah. So she like does, you're like, hmm, this name that I won't remember. And then she pops up again in season five as ruling her own domain. I don't think I... Yeah, which I obviously I didn't put together either yeah, until no. I put this is why I just I was like, I'm gonna do some of this because I'm gonna it's gonna click a lot too. Yeah. Even though I'm re-listening it uh, to it, I'm not gonna still I totally forgot yeah. her. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the Good flesh's ritual for you. <laughs> <laughs> moving up in the world, uh, Angela. I mean So the flesh the flesh's ritual, mm. the last feast, mm. involves a pit of meat under a gnostic Church in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it's Gnostic. The, the G is silent. Yes. It was, Unless you put an A in front of it, and then it's an A. That's what, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm like, well, it's not agnostic. Yeah. There's a G in front no, of no, it. I, um, it's, it's Gnostic. Okay. It was thwarted by Gertrude, mm-hmm. who used explosive to destroy the church and the pit. And then... Good for you, um, girl. Yes. And Gertrude had eight years to... She... This is apparently... She had eight years to stop the ritual. And she did find... This is where she found out that explosives could actually help destroy rituals. Yes. I love her her being like, Hi, I need some C4. Thank you. (laughs) I know I'm like 60, but I need some C4. What are you going to do about it? I need it, and I can't tell you why, but believe me, it's fucking important. <laughs> um, the Flash a- attacks the Magnus Institute, um, and this is, so that's why the, so the relationship between the, so the Magnus Institute is a stronghold for the eye. We'll figure all that out. You know that. We'll um, get there. So the Flesh attacks the, with the, the Magnus yeah. Institute. So that's uh, the relationship, obviously, between them mm-hmm. is a little I think shaky. you already mentioned this, but the Magnus Institute is where they're doing the art. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's where so the in case is happening. you listen. Yeah, I'm, I think it was in the, the little gonna, spiel I'm at the beginning almost when I was explaining. I'm 100% sure you did, but um, I know I would be at this point like, oh shit, I don't remember what we're talking about. If I didn't already know this, mm-hmm. which I do. Um, the thing that's interesting about this one and the reason why I put this in there is because it was Jared Hopworth that attacked and it specifically was to attack Elias. And so it was the avatars that were attacking each other, uh, not actually the powers behind them. Powers so, are like, okay, yeah. this is a choice. Okay, this is a weird choice, mm-hmm. but sure, have fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so Elias is the- very annoying. Oh, I could see Elias. why you would want to attack him. All right, so this is kind of hot. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the next one is The Hunt. 
And the only other name for the hunt is blood. Both um, of those are great. Obviously, the fear is being chased or being prey. Um, it manifests as monsters, predators, animal instincts, and animalistic traits. The hunt first appeared in episode 9 of Father's Love, and it appears in 27 total episodes. The main avatar is Daisy. Mm. Mm-hmm. One of our main girls, uh, one of the main girls in the show. And then uh, there's also Trevor Herbert and Julia Montauk. Right. And then Basara... Though Basira. she's never, Basira, it is Basira. Basira, even though she's never a full-blown avatar, she always skirts the line yeah. of being an avatar. Um, and then, of course, you have the typical vampire werewolf, all those good yep. buddies. Um, monsters. Monsters. Um, the hunt's ritual is potentially called the Everchase. Little is currently known about it, and Gertrude was considering the U.S. as a potential location, though not completely sold, and thought it would be likely that it took place sometime after the buried ritual. It's mentioned that if an avatar of the end becomes strong enough, only a hunter can defeat it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one is the... We're on number eight, just so you know. The mm-hmm. Slaughter. So, there's no other name for it. It's yeah. just The Slaughter. Um, its fear is unpredictable violence and of war. Uh, the slaughter manifests itself as warm imagery, weapons, music, drums, and bagpipes. The first appearance is episode seven, The Piper, and appears in about 16 episodes. Other than the one-off avatars, the only other one noting is that it is Melanie. She is slaughter. Mm-hmm. That tracks. Yes. Also, didn't realize that Melanie, like, is like in the first season. Oh, she yeah. does a report and yeah. even mentions um, the Georgie. Yeah, and I was like, didn't <laughs> <laughs> remember any of the <laughs> And I like remembered the episode, but yeah. I didn't realize it was Melanie. Yeah, I think when she comes back, she mentions that she's like back. Yeah, but I don't know. I remembered her because I was like, she's scary. In a kind of hot way. She gouges her own eyeballs out. Yep. Hey, we all have a bad time. <laughs> well, and like, she was like the, I don't know, younger, like, I'm doing this ghost hunt thing. Yeah. And you know I'm like, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. And now her and Georgie are a cute little gay relationship. Yay. <laughs> See, things are okay, guys. <laughs> okay, um, so... Um, the Slaughter's Ritual is the Risen War, and it was the last attempted during World War II. It involved the playing of instruments on the Nemesis, an English ship sunk during the Opium War. Hmm. While prisoners from the Japanese North Pilot, uh, pa- North Point POW camp killed each other, and disciples of Slaughter watched the, basically, all the battles, the bloody battles. Mm-hmm. Um, it ultimately failed, and Gertrude speculates uh, that the nemesis was meant to be bombed in order to complete it, and it wasn't, so it failed. You know. Well, to, to have to, like, orchestrate an entire goddamn war every time you want to, like, try to do your ritual yeah. is very difficult. Yeah. You're fighting an uphill battle, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty rough. Mm-hmm. So some of you can just be like gross. <laughs> yep, it's like this place is really gross, and that's almost enough to get us there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the slaughter actually stopped the strangers unknowing in 17, uh, 1781, seven, which is one of the strange, one of the strangers mm-hmm. unknowing is a ritual. So it stopped one of the rituals. And then between seasons three and four, Melanie actually apparently protected the Magnus Institute uh, using slaughter-related abilities, though she doesn't really have control of them and doesn't really understand them, but they just sort of happen when when they happen, I guess. When you need them. Yeah, you know. I think that's when John is in the hospital and then on the run. Yeah. No, on the run. He's not in the hospital until later. Yes. I think. You're right. Yeah. Because that's when he goes start living with Georgie. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, the next one. So on the run, but he goes to exactly one spot and doesn't really want <laughs> And no one is there. actually looking and for him, apparently. it's actually not that hard. No. Yeah. It's like, how many people does John know? Not a lot. Yeah. No <laughs> No one, if it's not from the Institute, then it's just Georgie. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably he had a life before this, but like... It's clearly long gone at this point. He's been at the Institute for a while. Yeah. He talks about how he was there before he got appointed as archivist. Yeah. So. Remember <laughs> um, The Spiral is our mm. next one. Also known as uh, Twisting, uh, The Twisting Deceit. Ooh. As Mentiras, which is, it is lies Ooh. and it is not what it is. Excellent. It is the fear of madness, gaslighting, mm-hmm. your mind lying to you, and false friendships. So, you know. Everybody lying to shit. you. <laughs> Just thinking that everyone is always lying to you. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, it manifests as fractals, patterns, spirals, insomnia, hallucination, mazes, and doors. Um, the first appearance is in episode 19. Confessions and appears in 33 other episodes. So we know the main avatar started as Michael mm-hmm. and then took the form of Helen, mm-hmm. who is a bitch and I love her. To be fair, I did really like Michael too. Yeah, Michael was, Michael was is, also a is bitch. so spooky. He's weird. He's just creepy. He's incredibly yeah. creepy. And like all of the ways that they describe him, I'm like, none of this goes together. Yep. Um, yeah. The spiral ritual is called the Great Twisting, which took place in Sanikov land somewhat time between 2009 and 2011. Gertrude stopped the ritual by sacrificing her assistant, Michael, and he ended up emerging with a distortion. Welp. Who just became Michael. Yep. Uh, the ritual failed as the unknowable being of distortion combined with a knowable being in the form of Michael. And Gertrude used the statement from, which is episode 126, to research to formulate a counter ritual. Presumably taking inspiration from Gabriel saying that the distortion does not have a name that would be confused by having one. Mm, okay. Yeah, so it's like, you're this unknowable thing, and I'm making you knowable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's vi- Yeah. She's so cool! She's, so She's just the coolest lady. Cool old lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a very specific, like, cartoony image in my yeah. head for her. That's fair. Its allegiance are awful, are, whoop, are, its allegiance are difficult to know, though it has been actively seen fighting against the corruption and the stranger, and the spiral's relationship with the eye is unknown, but the fear's relationship with beholding seems to be based on the human, the human element's opinions. So, it's one of those where 
the human or the avatar actually does also have a little say in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Number 10. Number 10. The stranger. Just all of them are so creepy. Everyone, you know, I'm like, probably not this one. And I'm like, no, no, still this one. So this one's other alias is literally just, I do not know you. <laughs> yeah, no. It was just creepy as fuck. It's, it's just very masterfully done. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously the fear of the unknown or the uncanny. Mm-hmm. It been. It manifests in all the creepiest things. In all the worst things. Mannequins. Like, yes. No thanks. Anything that's Uncanny Dolls, Valley. No thanks. If you have an Uncanny Valley feeling yep. about literally mm-hmm. anything, you're like, hmm? Wax figures. Huh. No thanks. Wax figures Taxidermy, are horrible. Nuh-uh. Skin. Mm. And then we get a little okay here. Theater, performances, masks. I mean, still. And... Calliope music, or as they were all arguing over how to say it. In yeah, that one like, thank you. But also, it is Calliope. John's like, it's Heliope, or yeah. whatever he said. Yeah, I'm like, it's it's from the Greek. It's all the same thing. Why would we change the pronunciation of it? Calliope. Like, no, not that. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> this was the very first entity we encounter, episode one, Anglerfish. It mm-hmm. appears in 38 episodes. Yeah. The most, Ugh. yep, such a good episode, such oh, a good like, way. Such a good entity. Yeah. Uh, the most uh, the most known avatars is the not-thems, which yeah. brings us to not-sasha. Not which I'm still shocked about. Oh my god. Which I'm still feeling. Blew my fucking mind. And I was like, am I an idiot? <laughs> I love whenever the actress introduces herself because she's yeah. like, and I play not Sasha. Yeah, and I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, even the episodes, um, so I didn't even think about it as being the anglerfish, but the episode where the girl is watching her roommate and yeah. then see something, or not a roommate, a guy across the street, and then see something crawl through his window, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, and all everybody's of a sudden it's fine, a guy, but, it's, but she but knows it's a different person. I was yeah. like, shit, it's the not people! <laughs> yeah. or, or it's anything where it's like, it feels like the entire world has changed, and everybody just accepts this yep. new thing, and I'm the only one who it yep. didn't work on. Yeah. And then you're like, am I fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. It's really weird, though, that it just doesn't work on some people. I love that. Yeah. Like, was it not Melanie? Um, oh. Daisy yeah. was like, who the fuck is that, Sasha? She's like, oh, there's The a, other Sasha. Well, and they're yeah, like, she's what like, other Sasha? New Sasha? She's like, <laughs> that's it, weird. A totally, that's a, that's a totally it's different. It's a totally different girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Crazy. Okay. Ooh, anyways, yeah. anyways, the stranger's ritual is called the. Oh my god. Sorry. It's so creepy it's when so you think about creepy. it. Well, oh yeah. god. Just like a- anything. It's like any like the body snatchers like, or yeah. like yeah like. Yeah. Which is all my favorite fucking mm-hmm. shit. Where it's like people are slowly being replaced. And yeah. You can't really do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Which I don't want to yeah. think about too much. Yeah. But occasionally yeah. I want to think about it a lot. <laughs> Okay, so the stranger's ritual is called the unknowing. Two attempts of this ritual are known. Wolfgang von uh, Kaplan attempted in 1787 using an array of automata. It was stopped by agents of the slaughter. 
and then Nic- uh, Nicola or Sinov, she was the person of the circus, the whole circus thing that was going on in season two before John got kidnapped. Oh, Automata is the plural of automaton. Oh. Automaton. Yeah. (laughs) So like robots. 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 (laughs) Yeah. So, and yeah, and then the next one was by Nicola, the circus of uh, the other other attempt in 2017, which was stopped by a hunter, uh, by explosives, and the agents of I, which is... Before we knew they were the agents of I, which yes. is John and his just some nerds. archive nerds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're trying their best. They're all nerds. <laughs> I just don't think you work at an archive if you're not a nerd. It, this is true. This is true. Um, so the desolation seems to be allied or maybe at least work with the stranger and with the cult of lightless flames, burning down part of a forest on Nicola's command so mm-hmm. she could do her weird circus thing. Um, it's the enemy of the eye and the spiral. And the stranger is conceptually connected to the spiral and they sometimes overlap, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're like, we're too similar. It's like two better yeah. fish that are like, we're going to fight each other. Yeah. But then the eye is like, I want to know everything. <laughs> and the stranger is like, absolutely fucking not. And then and the eye is absolutely- like, but I do know everything. Yeah. So bummer. For I you. know everything. <laughs> and he's like, not me. Don't perceive me. <laughs> Relatable con. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Next one is the vast. Ooh. Also known as the falling titan and the awful deep. All right. So these are another couple of phobias that I did not look up. We have arcophobia. That's probably a sky thing. Yep. The lassophobia. Oh, that's fear of the deep sea because okay. I have. That. Oh yeah. Tristan has that too. Yeah. And she I'm says just... it and I'm like, that's a big word. Bathophobia. Well, like... Is that a fear of baths? No. Oh. Um, what was the first one? Um, Arco. A-R-A-C-R-O. Acro. Oh, Acro. I had a little dyslexia there. That's definitely the, um, fear of the sky. There was dyslexia there. Uh, Extreme fear of, irrational fear of heights. Okay. So that makes sense. Bathophobia. Yeah. It's literally bath-o. Yep. (laughs) And that one is intense fear of depths. Okay. And then we have aperiophobia, A-P-E-I-R-O. I bet that that might be the sky. Fear of eternity. Oof. Ooh, yeah. Oof. I'm here for that one. And then it's also the fear of just insignificance. Yeah, that tracks. Yep. Uh, the fear shows up as voids falling, outer space, um, other open spaces, deep water, and yeah. giant creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that one's... It's one of those things where it's like, I have no reason to interact with any of things, these things, which is why interacting with them is fun and not scary. Yeah. But also, these are very valid fears. Yeah. Like, like the deep ocean where yeah. you're like in the Ooh. middle and there's just nothing. There's just, it's just blackness. Yeah. Well, and they have, they have like sinkholes in the water where it's like, here it's normal. And then there's a deep crevice that you have to swim over and it's just dark. And I like that in a horror movie because I will never be there. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So it first appears in episode four, Page Turner, and was in 19 episodes. <laughs> now here is the the Fairchild. Simon ah, is the last. 
shit. I also put ha yes, next is. to it because I forgot who Simon was. And oh then apparently God. so did Martha. <laughs> yes, he is. He is the best. And in the first episode, I will tell you when it's the one skydiving, yeah. the person who is skydiving exactly. is Simon, some fake last name, and the diver who is bringing him out is the sister something Fairchild. Shit. So it was all them. Oh my. Yeah. Simon something, I forget what it was a fake last name, but it yeah. was Simon, and then the, 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 the something, the, something, it was, and it was listed, I just didn't yeah. write it down, but it's the, this, I'm guessing a sister or something, <sighs> Fairchild was her last name, when that was his, like, co-worker. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad about that, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, so in the 1800s, Simon Fairchild devised and attempted an ocean-based ritual for the vast called the Awful Deep. Descending deep underwater with a group of sacrifices in a specific, especially designed diving bell. The ritual fizzled both because the fear of the deep ocean wasn't prevalent enough to take advantage of. How? And, the, and a hunter interrupted it. Oh. Uh, though Simon admits the whole ritual wasn't a very good idea. He figures that he's at least a century away from being able to try again as he hopes to attempt something in outer space. Mm-hmm. Fucking Simon. The space right. ones are very, I'm so very the voice scary. Bear child, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, well, and now that you you you're like, oh yeah, he's the vast. I'm like, okay, yes, that trap. Well, when you said that to me yesterday, I was like, I didn't think that was his name, but I mean, I'm I'm probably wrong because I don't fucking remember anyone's it's name. Fine. I can't either. So here we are. <laughs> Or, or I can I can remember a bunch of people's names. I can't remember anybody's fucking voice. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the vast is um, the, basically the opposite of the buried. Obviously, the buried is all about you know not enough space. While the vast is about too, too much, too much space. Both of them are bad. Yes. All right. The next one we're on number twelve yep. is the web. The web is the web. So, yes, she's on the last one because she's on the best. So, um, the web has a shit ton of, also known as, the spider, the great spider, the mother of puppets, the mother, the spinner of schemes, the story spinner, the hidden. Is it schemes or is it skines? Schemes. Schemes. (laughs) What do you think I said? Skines like S K E I N S, oh, which no. is like a winding of like a uh, thread. To okay, I mean that would make sense, but That's no so schemes. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. They were what? Oh shit. All right, so the web is the fear of arachnophobia, which is spiders. For those of you who <laughs> don't worked for them, it would have worked. It would have worked. And I was thinking about it because there's a there's a, a Spider Man character like in Elseworld who's called Skine, who's like kind of she's a little slutty, and I'm like she's cute. I like her. <laughs> and I, I saw something about her like three days ago, and I was like, oh, Skine. And <laughs> no, it makes sense in context. But also, the other thing makes perfect sense it does. in context, it, too. It does. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the web is the fear of arachnophobia. Fear of spiders. Duh. Mm-hmm. And then fear of being controlled. 
is also the other fear. Uh, manifests as webs, web patterns, weaving, marionettes, spiders, uh, addiction, marionettes. and tape recorders. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Are we in the marionette still? Is that where yes. we're at? Okay. I'm fine with tape recorders. Uh, it, it seems <laughs> weird, but then when you listen to the story, it makes yeah. sense with the story. Exactly. So it's kind of an awkwardly thrown in one, mm-hmm. but it makes sense with the story. Um, anyways, the web first appears in episode eight, burned out, and has been in 36-ish episodes. Sometimes the episode count. It's like, there's definitely more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A few notable avatars are Raymond Fielding, Emma Harvey, and of course, Annabelle Kane, Mm -hmm. who I really like. Sam. Um, She's very interesting. Yes. So there are no record of rituals for the web. Uh, Peter Lucas speculates that it... Uh, prefers the world as it is, where it can manipulate people against each other, and it, uh, so it doesn't really want I mean, to that's change anything. Very fair. Yeah. And it does, and she, uh, she, it, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, she's in a female body, but that doesn't mean anything, um, appears to actively dislike the post change to the world of season five. Mm. Um, and basically wants to be sent somewhere where she can, or it can, Manipulate, manipulate like, people again, yeah. people here and there, and just fuck up mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, fair. It's revealed that the web uh, knows a successful ritual that would ultimately lead to the entity's death by starvation, because no new humans would be born in post-change world, and the end would ultimately claim all of life. Mm. All right, so the web is revealed to be the only fully self-aware entity able to think and plan. Over millennia, people's fears of plots and unintended consequences have fed the web, by, uh, be, have fed the web uh, and became metaphysical nerves, creating a vast intelligence that is used to hatch a grand plan to escape into countless realities. Since the web is the cool. only intelligent the entity. The uh, many of the actions it takes against agents or other entities end up being a part of a larger plan or a scheme. <laughs> Not a scheme. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> that uh, one ra- I can't mix it up. <laughs> Rather than a sign of animosity and just wanting to a rule the A sign of animosity? <laughs> Go home. We're done. Oh, no. We're not even going to talk about the last two. <laughs> no! Um, throughout the series, the web has continually interfered with the plans of the Eye and its agents and almost everything. She just is bitch and is just having like, fun. She loves to poke her yeah. fingers in literally yep. everything. Yep. And incredible <laughs> respect. I get it. Um, just like the desolation in the web have shown to have a little bit of an antagonist relationship um, because the web uses personal attachments and motivates to manipulate people where desolation just wants to destroy them. Hmm. So they don't get along. She's that like, let sense. me manipulate. She's He's like, like let me destroy. Like, you're, you're ruining my fucking game. <laughs> I'm the only intelligent creature here. How let am me I supposed win. to play with things if they're all like this? <laughs> Season <true>. five. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Number 13, The Lonely, a.k.a. Forsaken or The One Alone. The fear is of autophobia. I don't know exactly what that stands for. Self? 
something, I'm assuming. Um, Fear of self. That would make sense. Yeah. Fear of... uh, Fear of being alone. Okay. And abandonment. Yeah. Fear of being alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shows up in the form of fog, silence, travel, crowds, things that seem human but don't have any personality to them. So the first episode it shows up in is episode 13, Alone, and it's in 23 episodes. Mm -hmm. I air-quoted that, guys. The main avatars is the Lucas family, specifically Peter Lucas, who is the one who stands in for Elias. (laughs) It's fine. And then... I uh, wasn't wrong about the fact that those two are the ones that are being shipped. Yes. (laughs) Same. We said the same thing. Um, yes. But I was mixing, they mixing up my, yeah. my English people. <laughs> my English voices. You know, Salmon Fairchild is Salmon. Salmon! <laughs> he just has a fish head. He's just Simon a fish. Fairchild. Peter Lucas, you know. Salmon. I'm going to have to draw Salmon Fairchild for this. Um, so, of course, Lucas family, Peter Lucas being the main one that we, uh, that is in the story. And um, then it becomes Martin Blackwood. Yes. Martin. Oh, Martin. Oh, cutie pooty. Yeah. He's trying his very, very best. John is so, so mean to him mean in the beginning. To him in the beginning. John is like truly an absolute mm. fucking shit Asshole. for a while. Asshole. And it's like literally first episode, he's like, I have two assistants. Well, I guess I technically have three, but I know this one's just going to be causing me more problems. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're going to be boning him later. Just so you know. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> With your brain, I guess. <laughs> Anyways. Y'all are gonna be snuggling. You gonna so be snuggling and giving kisses, up. okay? Shut the fuck up, <laughs> sir. You all say you love each other a lot. <laughs> Anyways. Peter Lucas orchestrated a ritual for the lonely named The Silence. He commissioned a tower block designed to isolate its inhabitants oh. and filled it with people predisposed to loneliness. This whole section... Is uh, that's a great idea, and then Gertrude, <laughs> and then Gertrude's just incredible. Yep, for the cumination, uh, cumination, sometimes you say, cumul- yeah, it's just accumulation, but that's not how it's spelled. So. It should be cumulation because. Is cumination a word? I don't know. Um, but anyways, for I the mean, ritual, it could be. he planned to lock them in and leave them there basically to die. Bummer. The ritual was disrupted by the community outreach programs and think pieces after Gertrude tipped off the Guardian newspaper. Gertrude! <laughs> Gertrude's like, I'm not even going to do any work on this. Just Literally. go look at this, guys, and you do the work. <laughs> it is so... Like, when... when when Peter's giving his statement, it is the most brutal fucking yep. thing where it's like, and then Gertrude just ruined it by just talking to one fucking person. <laughs> I put years of my life and so much fucking money into this. And Gertrude was like, uh, you thought, you thought, <laughs> you thought. <laughs> I'm in my seventies probably at this point and fuck you, buddy. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. This is my love letter to Griffin Robinson. <laughs> I um, want to be you someday. No, I don't. Your life was bad. Your life was not great. <laughs> um, so the Lucas family provides funding to the Magnus Institute. So it's possible that the lonely is aligned with the eye, which is why they are fucking in some <laughs> manner. They're fucking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is too hot. <laughs> we think anyways. He, it, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't need to know. He's just... And Peter's the one that takes over. Elias it just Peter. makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so as mentioned previously, one of the three entities that has some kind of a religious following is uh, the Lonely, because it's said in many descriptions that the Lucas family is very religious. Even um, uh, described, it was described by Evan Lucas that they're very religious, uh, <clears throat> right? All of their all of their family stuff is weird. Yeah, yeah, they're weird. Um, the lonely and the buried seem to have several features in common. This makes sense, obviously, because mm-hmm. if you're isolated, which is what the buried does, you're lonely. You know, <laughs> yeah. They hang out. They hang out. And uh, the Lonely in the Dark also... The Lonely in the Dark also appear to have the ability to block the eye's perception. Smart. Um, so even though the dark, the eye can still see it, they can't, can't quite... Perceive what's going on. Yes. Which probably makes sense, because I think there's things that Martin can sort of block John yeah. from in Season 5. Not, like, completely, but, like... Mm-hmm. John's like, that was weird and fuzzy. I'm like, good. And not in fuzzy as we're cuddling each other. No. Fuzzy, fuzzy is in. <laughs> and Martin's I, like, stay out of my fucking head. I'm not wearing my glasses, which I'm assuming that John has. Yeah. Oh, 100%. John definitely has glasses. Yeah. And they're probably round. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> they're definitely, I'm, they're either round or they're like half moony type, yeah. like fucking. Mm, yeah. And, you know, for reading. Yeah. Because he spent too much time in the dark reading mm-hmm. a bunch of dumb things. All right. And number 14 oh, is... Eyes work, by the way. The eye. No, no, no. Not this eye. Yes. This eye is very different. It has much less parts and less gooiness. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> so, than a regular eye, which is just, know. like, mostly goop. I don't know. Maybe. I guess people are mostly goop. Yeah. But they also have bones. Well, the eye is also known as the beholding, the ceaseless watcher, and it knows you. Mm. That gives me the, like, it follows vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like, it's something really simple and should be dumb, but then you're like, oh my god, that's so creepy. Yeah. Um, so It this- Follows was, I did an episode on the, um, it's a movie, but... It follows, yes. We yeah. that was one of our first Halloween, I, I was think. gonna say one of our first Halloween mm-hmm. where like it's just a, a an invisible entity that no one else can see that you can see. Yeah. That's just fucking following you. Mm-hmm. Creepy as fuck. So good. So the fear of scopophobia, which is the fear of being watched. Yeah. They told me this one. I was gonna say, I'm pretty uh, sure I know that yep. one. Um metaphobia, which is the fear of eyes. Mm-hmm. Having secrets mm. and having those re- secrets revealed mm. and I mean, horrible that's knowledge. Basically, the point of secrets and right? being exposed. That's all as what the fear of um, manifest. The it manifests as eyes, books, libraries, security cameras, tape recorders, and it's basically anything that will keep a constant watch on you. Well, especially including like, the eyeballs in your head. 
in England they have um I can't remember what it's called. But like they have cameras fucking everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can't like take a piss outside somewhere no. without somebody seeing you. So I'm like, I really yeah. had to go because I was drunk uh, <laughs> and it's too late for me to go to a normal bathroom. Sure. So <laughs> I don't know what sorry, you want no, from me, from England. What do you want from I've me? I've never England? been there, but I might piss in an alley at some point. Please don't yell at me. Um, the first appearance is episode 12, First Aid. And it specifically appears in 43 episodes as, like, the what the actual story is like about. the main guy. But technically it appears in episodes 1 through 200. I was going to say, it's kind of the main guy. It's the main guy. So the eye, is, the eye is a lot of key avatars because it is the main protagonist of the um, podcast. Um, starting with Jonah Magnus. That's where you get Magnus Archives. He made the Magnus Archives. Um, he is actually the founder of it in the, the show. And then he was okay. like, I think the name Elias is hot. So he claimed, the, <laughs> he claimed the bodies of a Richard Mendelssohn, then James Wright, and then Elias Burchard, which you is so he... 100% no. He claimed specific bodies because he was like, like yeah, you're, that you're one. Hot. Mm-hmm. This is the look I want next. Um, also, all of the archivists mm-hmm. are also um, avatars. So it started with Agnes Stacy, another Agnes, but with a U. Eh, ooh, Agnes. okay. Yep. Gertrude Robinson. Yep. And then our main protagonist, Jonathan Sims. So there was only one before Gertrude? Yeah, I, I guess it so. Yeah. Because yeah, Gertrude sense. was there for 100 so years. <laughs> but like true for I mean yeah and it's just her and her like legion of probably one cat at a time yep mm-hmm. 100% also it is <laughs> I love her <laughs> it is sort of a maybe that all of the um, archival assistants are also sort of part of it even though all, most of them ended yeah. up sort of having their own one as well. But they also, they worked under yes. it. Well, so, here's, yeah. so basically with them, and this uh, was, they didn't receive any of the powers from the eye, but they were all bound to the Institute, and apparently if the head died, so if Elias kicked it, they would also all die right. simply by signing an employment contract. Elias um, is such a shitty fucking dude. Yes. So, and then the only way out was literally to destroy the one way that they couldn't see you anymore, which was through your eyes. So, Melanie took her own eyeballs out. Because you've got to assume that they're seeing through all of your eyes. Yeah. And then Gershud has taken all of the eyeballs out of her pictures yes. and things like that. Yep, and that's, there's no cameras in the yeah. in the downstairs in the of the institute. institute. The only like, thing they have is the recorders. Sure yeah. So yep. She can't and, and that's what, and then um, the guy... Was who was the one that told them about? I think taking out my eye, your mm-hmm. eyes will the release other, you. Yeah, yeah. One of the other guy, one of the other um, assistants. Yes, and Melanie did it, and it worked. So hey, good for you, girl. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you didn't really escape this terrible. No, place. and then you didn't escape at all. No, no. Anyways, um, so the eyes ritual is called the Watcher's Crown, using the pano. Panopticon. panopticon. What's a panopticon, Martha? A panopticon <laughs> is. I feel 
like it's just a lot of things that see that. Oh, nope, I was wrong. <laughs> okay, Panopticon is a circular prison with cells arranged around a central well from which prisoners could be at all times observed. Okay, that makes sense because the Panopticon in Millbank Prison. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Jonah Magnus attempted the ritual at some point during the 19th century. It ultimately failed, failed, but granted him semi-omniscience in the process. Later in 2018, Jonah Magnus attempts a new ritual and brings uh, to bring through every aspect of fear after theorizing that it was impossible to bring a single entity into resistance on its own. The archivist, marked by the encounters with every fear, is tricked by Jonah into basically citing this ritual yeah. and brings on the change. It's like, hey, read this thing. Yeah. By accident. By and mistake. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Bummer. We're probably... Yeah. But um, since the I essentially won, spoiler, I guess, it's mostly connected to all the other entities. It also has the ability to basically see everything that's going on. It can't see into the future, but it can see everything that's basically happening unless it's being blocked by some kind of device or random places that have like blind spots for it. Um, all right. There is one more that wasn't part of the original 14. It was later added and it's called the extinction. Known as the terrible change, the future with a, without us, the world is always ending. The fear is catastrophe, a, a catastrophic change. Sorry, I just felt personally attacked by that one. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all. <laughs> the world is always ending. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So, this is the fear of catastrophic change and destruction of humanity. Yep. <laughs> Martha's struggling oh. right now. <laughs> like, that one's... I'm fine with humans being extinct. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Would you like another gut punch? I am sending my next therapy bill to them. <laughs> So the uh, it shows its form um, in man-made objects, human technology, destructions of nature, and destructions of natural order. It shows up in episode 134, Time of Revelation, and it appears in about 13 episodes. Though even though you could say all of season 5 is kind of it, really? but it's fine. It technically has no avatars or servants because it's not technically an entity. Many avatars of the other entities want to prevent the extinction from being born or at least wake, uh, waking it up or weakening it. This is because in contrast to the passive end that they fear will be active and uh, seek to create a lifeless world after however long, uh, replacing all the humans with things that would just be annihilated and then they wouldn't be able to survive themselves because they feed off fear. And and Adlard... A-D-E-L-A-R-D. That sounds right. Decker. uh, Strongly believe that the extinction is its own distinct power and that its emergence was a legitimate threat. And while most believed it, avatars who knew uh, of it reacted with varying degrees of urgency of how to Mm -hmm. not let it be a thing. We should or shouldn't do a thing about it. So that's like the one that they're like, but we don't actually want extinction. Yeah. That so sounds like, like no. That's not. That's not really what we want. Like what? Yeah. 
And so that keep doing stuff is all of the fears, the fears and the bad things of the Magnus archives. Okay. You so had a question. I did. Yeah. Which one would you be the avatar of? Ooh. I now need to now pull I up feel a list. like I have to go I through them say, all again. I have to look at the Magnus fears list. <laughs> Because some of them, I'm like, ooh, the aesthetic. And then I'm like, yeah. Mm. So, like, I like the web the best. Yeah. But. I don't want to be the corruption or the flesh because gross and also gross. I unfortunately think if I was to be anyone, it might be the flesh. The whole dysmorphia thing. That's fair. Body things super freak me out. Yeah. And teeth. Teeth are bad. I have a lot of body horror things, but, like. Most of them don't involve me. It's, that's just me watching horror movies. I'm like, no, thank you. I feel like the lonely is a the lonely and the stranger are both strong possibilities for mm-hmm. me, and also the vast. Yeah, like, the va- the vast. The, any of the reading the vast ones, I was like, I need to lie. Down. I need. I to need to lie feel down. the floor so that I know that I'm in a place and my body is doing things. Yeah. Oh god. Um. Also, possibly the eye. That's fair. Yeah. So I think I would either be the flesh or the eye. That's so gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just the flesh is the worst. Mm. But then you could just wear a like bad page boy wig and then get really meat suit. And then just be the flesh from fucking Oh yeah, I could. (laughs) I'll just wear Lady Gaga's meat up dress. Yeah. It probably smells very bad. Gross. That's the only thing anytime I think about that dress, I'm like I think the flesh is like my least favorite one. Yeah. But I'm so gross. I hate it. I hate it. Which one, if you could pick one just for aesthetics and fun. For aesthetics and fun. Yes. Probably the web. I think I would be the spiral. Oh, the spiral would be really fun, too. Yeah. The spiral is a fucking mood. And I think there's something a little funny in being like, oh, you thought I was a thing, but I'm actually not a thing. I'm a different thing. Oh, here's a weird door. And, you know. I would never do that in a way that it was ever serious. Yeah, but no. also the ways that it's a, li- a little bit funny, I could see that going too far and then me being a monster. Yeah. That's not going to happen, obviously, because it takes too much work. I don't know. The desolation is pretty fucking sweet, too. The desolation is a mood. I and would I have my own whole cult. You know what would be... And also, they're a sick cult. Yes. They're not like most they're of like the other cults. They're cult. so cool. <laughs> Agnes is a boss. I love the shit out of her. <sighs> All right. Yeah. So, like, nice. somebody write a book from Agnes's perspective. Yeah. Someone do a whole fucking yeah. series of Gertrude. I was going to say, I'm throwing Galavanti. Gertrude on my old lady cosplay list. Yeah, seriously. What, what a badass. Mm-hmm. All right. And that uh, that is a very small portion of the Magnus Archive. The, like, magnitude the, of the, the magnitude Magnus Archive. Magnitude of the Magnus Archive. <laughs> After a long wait, new Doctor Who is on its way. 
We're gearing up to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show with a brand new doctor. Let's welcome Shudi Gatwa as the 14th doctor. Um, no. Shudi is the 15th doctor. David Tennant is the 14th doctor. Wait, wait, wait. I thought David Tennant was the 10th doctor. Okay, I'm confused. Confused? Well, your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help you through all your Doctor Who questions. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are found. So, okay, today I am going to talk about Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my sources are uh, Wikipedia, who still wants me dead. <laughs> I watched the movie, which is uh, the version that's on HBO is the unedited version, mm. which has been out for like since I think we'll get into that. Um, a thing on CBR, a guide to the DCAU from Entertainment Weekly. Um, so is this just one of the best animated movies DC ever put out? Yes. Okay. Um, so first things first, Batman Beyond. Nope. Actually, first things first, Batman the Animated Series. Oh, okay. So at some Both point. Great. Exactly. <laughs> Bulk. Yeah, at some point in the future, I'm going to do an episode on each of these shows because they They're were so good. incredible and because Batman the Animated Series is peak and pivotal Batman, and I think that's really important. But for now, Batman the Animated Series, often shortened to uh, BTAS, is a four-time fucking K-pop Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> um, is a four-time Emmy Award-winning American animated adaptation of the comic book series featuring the DC Comics superhero Batman, lots of his villains and friends, etc. So before we had the Arrowverse and the Marvel Universe, there was the DC Animated Universe, which is sometimes called the Timmerverse because it was uh, mostly the creative lead for a lot of this and like the main artist that all of the art was based off of is Bruce Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a shared universe with a bunch of different TV shows that ran over a decade on television. What made the DCAU such a landmark achievement is that it not only made the oft-convoluted DC Comics mythology accessible to new newcomers, but it also pushed said universe in a lot of different interesting and weird directions. There were a lot of additions from the universe to our like to the regular DC comics canon which i know i think we've talked about the fact that harley came from but there's a yeah. lot of like stories where they went in this direction um Batman we even beyond came yeah, from this um we thing. talked about our valentine's episode last year how they like aged dick up mm. for babs and his relationship be- that like came from that universe shit too. Yes. So yeah, so there's a lot of like, we've like talked this about was it. an influential <laughs> yeah. bunch yes. of stories. So the DCAU, uh, began with Batman, the animated series in 1992. From there, the universe slowly started to grow. So, and that bounced off of the Tim Burton Batman. That's where they first were able okay. to get their start. Okay. They were like, no, we're pitching kind of from this. And then they showed, I think one of their first, 
episodes is the one with Man Bat. <laughs> oh, and like, Man Bat. Yeah, it's like, what a dumb character that you're like, well, we put a bunch of pathos into this, so you're now gonna have feelings. I'm like, well, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> From there, the universe slowly started to grow with Superman the Animated Series, which had a bunch of crossovers with Batman. Then came uh, Batman Beyond, and then Static Shock, and then also oh, Static Shock. the Zeta Project. I don't even remember that. I definitely watched it. It was bad. Um, <laughs> and let's leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in 2001, Superman and Batman joined forces with the other legendary heroes for the Justice League, which eventually beca- uh, gave way to the Justice League Unlimited, a love letter to DC Comics. Um, the Emmy Award winning series, so Batman the Animated Series, received wide acclaim for its di- uh, distinctive animation and mature writing and be- instantly became a hit. Fans of this. a wide age range praised the show's sophisticated... Who wrote this sentence? Fuck you. Um, praised the show's sophisticated, uh, sophisticated cinematic tone, character depth, and psychological stories. So voice actor Kevin Conroy, who was um, the Bruce Wayne, R.I.P., the best. Um, he had very distinctive voices for Bruce Wayne and Batman, as Michael Keaton had done in the films, but, like, way better. But way better. But, like, a thousand times better, because he actually had to live two lives because he was queer and was in the closet for a while. So he brought a lot of interesting things to the fact that Batman has always been bisexual. What? 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 Wait, excuse me? What happened? This episode um, is actually about queer, but not, but it's it is. always on the outer, uh, outside. It's always there. It's always there. It's always there. It's brought to you by two queer people who are going to understand and look at the queer parts of this. The series also fe- featured a supporting cast that included major actors um, performing the voices of the various classic villains, so uh, most notably Mark Hamill, who was the perfect and incredible Joker. Probably, really the only Joker stories I want to see are the Batman, the animated series ones, because they did such a fucking good job, and because they gave him such a very good send-off in this particular movie. The Joker and Harley is hilarious. Yes, they did well in, like, like... That, it it is a very good portrayal of a very terrible relationship. Yes. And you get that part, and then you want her to move past it. And they make sure that you know that that's where the character is. Where it's going. Where it's going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Key to the series' artistic success is that it managed to redefine a lot of the classic characters, uh, paying homage to their previous portray- portrayals by ge- while also giving them a new dramatic force. Uh, Two-Face, Mad Hatter, the Penguin was based on Batman Returns, but also classed up. He wasn't like Danny DeVito fighting somebody's nose off. In oh, Danny DeVito. Truly a masterful oh, performance. Danny That's DeVito. so fucking good. But... Um, it gave new life to forgotten characters like Clock King and uh, Maxi Zeus comes in. They made uh, Clayface into something really interesting and tragic, and like, uh, and then uh, Harley Quinn was a creation from this. <laughs> I was like, he's not a dramatic actor. <laughs> no, because no, I think the first 
one of him isn't a dramatic actor. And then this version, they were like, no, he's an actor who's trying to like yeah. make himself look young and mm-hmm. make himself look young so that he can do these. Yeah. And then it's like, and now you got fucked because somebody messed with chemicals, which mm-hmm. was apparently a big fear in, <laughs> in the late 80s. And you became 90s. a mud man. Mm-hmm. Now you're weird and <laughs> gross. And then, yeah, Harley Quinn was a creation from this that yeah. gained life. I would also say a lot of Poison Ivy's, like, queerness does seem to come mm-hmm. from this. Which is great. Good for you guys. So, yeah. Batman, the animated series, incredibly fucking popular. Won four Emmys. Was the thing that made the rest of the DCAU spinoff, which is how we got to having future Batman, Batman Beyond. Mm. So uh, one of the boldest additions to the DC Comics mythology came in the form of 1999s, which I'm like, there you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Batman Beyond, which is set in 2039 and follows Terry McGinnis, which is Will Friedel from Boy Meets World. Uh Mm -hmm. Lots of great voices. As a rebellious 17-year-old who assumes the Batman mantle from an older, bitter, and reclusive Bruce Wayne, voiced yet again by Kevin Conroy. Also, if we're talking voices and we're talking uh, Return of the Joker, Angie Harmon plays Commissioner Babs, and it works for me. She she was one of the lawyers from um, Law and Order. She's very, very hot. (laughs) She's very hot in the, like, I am definitely going to step on you type of way. And I'm like, yes. Yes, please. You figured this one out. Good for you guys. Uh, Batman Beyond, also known in some regions as Batman of the Future, which made me laugh so much. <laughs> Batman of the Future. Uh, is an American animated television series created by WB Television Network. Uh, Batman Beyond is a futuristic continuation of the new Batman Adventures, which was Batman the animated series when they like included more characters. And they were like, I guess we'll bring Robin slash Nightwing in a bunch more and also bring Tim Robin in and do more. It won't always be just the Batman show. And I'm like... Thank fuck. <laughs> it only takes so much misery. Exactly. You're you're a real miserable bitch. <laughs> Bruce, I love you desperately, but um so it began airing on January tenth, nineteen ninety nine, and ended its run on December eighteenth, two thousand one, with fifty two episodes and a direct video, a direct to video movie, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, was released. And there were plans for a second one, but it was canceled in favor of the Justice League animated series, which I guess I'm okay with. The Justice I'm League. Not. Boo. Did you have you watched the Justice League animated no, series? I like don't have enough attachment to any main Justice League characters. I like the sidekicks of DC. I mean, it's who I am as a person. I don't care. The main Justice League part. I don't care. I agree. Is boring. Any of them. Those people are fine. But then when they get into unlimited, it's all the fucking weirdos. I don't. Like, which you know I love. Yeah. Yeah. But that's always been, that's always been my bag. 
I will say it is one of the, my favorites. It's why I know Wally is the best Flash because Wally is the Flash in that one, and he's the best. I need to finish uh, Young Justice. Right. Off topic, but Wally that's because so you're like this, and I'm like, see, I'd rather watch a Teen Titans or Young Justice. Yeah, <laughs> that's my kind of. But you know. Yeah, I feel I like also, you get uh, still be similar like, yeah, vibes it because on. it's also like people who are a mess who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, superheroes, man. Ex- well, <laughs> and they're not all Batman. Who they're not all people who think they know what they're yeah. doing, which is the difference. That's true. Because the people who are up top, the top all seven, mess, but think they know what they're they doing. They think they know. Not Wally. <laughs> not Wally. <laughs> not Wally. <laughs> <laughs> A baby. It's okay. You're doing great. You're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. It's also like one of the best portrayals of the Flash rogues, where you're like, oh, you get it. Mm-hmm. You get the Flash and the rogues have like, a, there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rogues with a capital R in Flash season. The rest of the rogues, it's like, mm, we all have a fuck you to each other relationship. Um, I almost did the rogues today, so that's why I'm thinking about that. But yeah, so, uh, there was a direct-to-video movie, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, um, and then they were going to release more, but they didn't because they went to the Justice League animated series. Um, the Zeta Project has some Batman Beyond stuff in it. Don't worry about it. It's very much not important to any person's life. So one of my biggest issues with comics always is how time moves in comics. It's complicated mm-hmm. and it's dumb. And, and you're either really going to sense. do like the time with Marvel where you're like, it just all happens somehow. And weirdly, it's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Jubilee has aged five years in the last 30 years. <laughs> it's Fine. Everything's fine. Don't look at it too close. Jubilee adopted a baby like maybe 10 years ago, and that baby is still a baby (laughs) because soap opera time is how Marvel works. That's true. But DC is like, what if we rewrite it? (laughs) What if we keep rebooting it every couple of years? So it's all terrible, and you never get to see anybody grow. Age. Like, be a person who's, like, it's like, who's this person actually going to be in the future? And you never get to see that, and you get to see that in Batman Beyond, because Batman's, like, in his fucking 80s. He's very old, he's doing a lot better than he should be, considering that he's had the living shit beat out of him many, many times. And um, at the beginning of this movie their show they do a flashback to like when batman is like oh i'm oh wait no maybe that's in the show whatever they do a flashback at one point to show that like batman is getting old and he can't fucking keep up with this shit Mm -hmm. and then that's when he turns to technology and that's when that all i feel like that sounds familiar and i watched batman beyond like Mm -hmm. Not even a year ago. So it was so definitely like it was one of those. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just watched the movie and I'm like, I yeah. don't think that was in the movie. Yeah. Well, it lets people age. It lets people leave the superhero business, mm-hmm. which is, I think, an important, like, it's not something that you ever get to see in comics because that's what, not what comics are about. Yeah. But also, it would be good to see people grow and leave 
this toxic, terrible yeah. environment where you're never going to make that much of a dent. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Babs being like the commissioner mm-hmm. and like still trying to make a difference, but also not like putting on tights and going out yeah. and taking people in the I face. I wonder if that's where Titans got it because Babs is the commissioner in Titans. And I wonder I bet. if they pulled from Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. I bet that's like, yeah. that would be a lot of like things. Pulls from but I also so many think like sources. Babs not being a cop, but Babs like trying to do things through the like right channels. Yeah. Does make sense mm-hmm. for her character. Um, and she's great in this. And also Angie Harmon. Again, I'm telling you, that voice is great. A plus. Uh, characters get away from being in from being a superhero for the rest of their fucking mm-hmm. life which is great which is really good for them it's not good for reading about them but it is good for them as characters uh unfortunately going from, away from gotham and having a whole life isn't really something that comics will give real estate to uh and they gotta make what sells so i can just read nice stories about jason giving it all up and being a bookstore owner who also watches out for his neighbors Mm -hmm. and local sex workers in fan fiction Mm -hmm. it's fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just saying but yeah so batman beyond followed terry mcginnis uh the pilot episode oh so the pilot episode if I just read 30 fucking seconds further, um, which is set in the year 2019. Oh, God. Um, it has an aging Batman having increasing difficulty handling Jesus criminals Christ. as, uh, he, that he was able to take down previously pretty easily. Uh, Alfred, Lucius Fox, Jim Gordon, Harvey Bullock, Renee Montoya, and Leslie Tompkins have all passed away from either natural causes looks like all natural causes which is great good for them um because he's you know at that point he's in his 60s and then when we get to him in batman beyond he's in his 80s uh dick grayson babs uh tim drake and selena kyle are all still alive and have grown up and left or either or had falling outs with bruce after their retirement from their alter egos which Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one night, a heart attack forces Batman to betray a lifelong principle by thr- threatening a criminal with a gun, um, despite wearing new high t- the new high-tech bat suit, and subsequently he decides to retire the Batman persona and from crime fighting in general permanently. Uh, then fast forward 20 years, Gotham you know how City. essentially all of those break those breakups were them being like, you can't keep doing this. Yes, every single one. If you're gonna keep doing this, I can't watch you anymore. Every single one. Yep. And all of the deaths too were like, yeah. I can't, I can't fucking believe that you're still doing yeah. this. You cannot keep. Yeah. shouldering the entire fucking world, Bruce. Mm-hmm. You're just a person. Yeah. And like, yes, you have money, but also you have to still do You're something still to get that. A person. So like, You're still a human on. person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It all comes back to like Bruce and his like, I'm going to take on everything because mm-hmm. I feel like I should have been able to protect my parents as a eight year old. Yep. <sighs> Which is why Batman is so good. Because it's all just like, would you like to talk about psychological shit? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, also, I want all of these people to go to therapy. Really bad. So yeah, fast forward 20 years, we're in 2039. Gotham City is now a futuristic megalopolis. 
So since they say that sometimes, so. Megalopolis, <laughs> um, equipped with staggering high rises and hovering, hovering slash flying vehicles, Bruce Wayne is now a virtual recluse. Where the fuck is my flying car? For real, <laughs> I can't even get a car that's like gets good gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> where's where's a car that doesn't break in five fucking years? Hmm. No? Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. The future is great. The future's great. It's so cool here. Um, yeah, so Bruce Wayne's now a recluse. He's spending his later years living in bitter isolation with no companion but his guard dog, Ace. But he has Ace. But he has Ace. Basically, the episode, whatever episode that was. <laughs> yeah, it's implied that um, because he's continued to cr- fight crime long after he should have, Literally what you just fucking <laughs> said. Every single person has been like, no, we're not doing this. We're severing ties. You should have fucking stopped a long time ago and you're going to hurt and yourself continually. Um, and then there was an event that made Bruce sever his ties with the Justice League and forbid all of his disciples from ever assuming their alter egos, which is the event of Batman, uh, the return of the Joker. Yep. So in 2039, Terry McGinnis is born on August 18th, 2023. This year! Somebody fucked Batman last year! I would have fucked Batman last year if he was around. No. I'd be a turd. Well, first of all, I can't be a mom, and he can't be a dad, as we both know. And we know who his mom is. That's true. Also, he does have a mom, and she has red hair. And is and looks like a mom, and I don't look like a mom. That's true. Thank fuck. No offense, moms. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's an athletic sixteen-year-old in high school. He's sixteen, and then seventeen later. Uh, what year is this? In twenty thirty-nine. Okay. I know. So at least we're actually in the future now. Yes, I know. Thank we're not God. Still in the past. Thank God. <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a reformed troublemaker with a deeply ingrained sense of personal justice. Uh, during the pilot episode, he saves a fellow passenger on a commuter rail from being hassled by one of the Jokers, which is like a little gang. Single-handedly takes on an entire gang to defend his girlfriend and ultimately ends up in a high-speed motorcycle chase through Neo-Gotham's expressways. The chase ends at Wayne Manor. Uh, he flees and runs into Bruce, and Bruce and Terry f- uh, fend off the Joker's side by side. And then, basically, Bruce and Terry brings Bruce into the um, into the house. They go into like the Bat Cave. He borrows the Bat Suit to avenge the death of his father. Kind of. That's complicated. There's We're not no, going to go there. No today. way Terry would fit in that Bat Suit. Yeah, I think I mean, any bat, any Bruce ever is bigger than Terry. He's so shouldery. <laughs> He's all shoulders. Like, even even in his eighties, yeah. like no, don't do that. But it's it's Tim in the bat suit. I mean, I think Terry probably has a more dick build than anybody else. But like, well, at least especially at this age. Just tear, I can only, the shoulders would come down to here. They would be like at his like biceps. The gloves would be huge. Oh God, be so He'd be walking around in fucking clown shoes. Yeah. 
I love you, Timothy. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, so he borrows the bat suit, and then Bruce is like, "That's dumb. Don't do that." And Terry's like, "I'm doing it anyways." And Bruce is like, "I guess this is that how that goes." I guess. You're and my now friend. you're. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, I haven't adopted anybody in like definitely more than twenty years, but it comes naturally again. Here we are. It's fine. So yeah, Terry continues like to battle against like, crime, tutored by Bruce, aided by the new high-tech bat suit, um, which has like batterings that fire from the wrists, which is cool as shit. You it know, they flies. got some fucking Spider-Man bullshit. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you can eavesdrop by touching the wall and then being able to hear it in your weirdo bat ears. Uh, he has his own rogues gallery, such as like Ink, uh, Shriek, Curare, uh, the Royal Flush Gang, which is an old one, but a new one. The Jokers with a Z. Wink. And then he also sees some of the old ones, such as Mr. Freeze, Bane, who is old as shit, and, uh, turns out if you're on Venom for a really long time, it's, like, actually really bad for your body. Oh, you mean you shouldn't be on fucking, like, don't do steroids? Ultra steroids. Don't do steroids in general, yeah. but definitely don't do ultra steroids. Don't do king steroids. <laughs> Mm, you're like, I would like to physically make my body much bigger in 30 seconds. No? Wow. No. And then also, uh, Reza Ghoul, and then, and eventually the reborn Joker. So more on that now! Uh, so in addition to 52 episodes of the show, they made Batman Beyond the Return of the Joker, uh, in 2000 as a direct-to-video animated superhero film produced by Warner Brothers. It's the third film in the DC animated universe, so I assume there's two more. The the two of the Batman ones came before. Okay. Probably the Batwoman one, Mask of the Phantasm, which is also very, very good. There's so many. And then I don't remember the other ones. I've watched a bunch. Yeah. But yeah, it's based on Batman Beyond, and it resolves a bunch of the new Batman adventures plot points as well. And it arrived in the midst of the third and final season of Batman Beyond, um, and was set several decades after Batman in the animated series. So basically what happens in when the Return of the Joker stuff is resolved, when you figure out what's what had happened in the past... Um, that happened kind of at the end of all of, like the Justice League stuff, okay. and then Batman was like, "I'm cutting ties with everybody and being the most dramatic piece of shit in the entire." Okay. I only know how to do one thing, and it's take every problem and put it on myself, Be dramatic. and not talk to anyone about anything ever. <sighs> you know what are you going to do? Uh, so in the Return of the Joker, uh, Terry McGinnis faces his greatest challenge yet, following the apparent return of his uh, mentor, Bruce Wayne's The Greatest Enemy, um, the Clown Prince of Crime. We have to fuck with the Joker again, even though it's been question mark years. Always, always, always. I will say, as much as we both hate the Joker See, and think two most episodes ago. <laughs> stories, yeah about him are very terrible. I think this is a really A, it's it's final. Mm-hmm. And B, they do an incredibly good job with the story. Like it's it's good. Like you if you're gonna do 
if you're going to do a Joker story, I would rather it be like this than most of the mm-hmm. other shit that we keep getting. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the 21st century, uh, Terry McGinnis is busy fighting crime. He stops uh, um, the Jokers, a new group, from stealing something. He's like, this is the third time that I've seen them this fucking month. And um, he talks to, he returns to the Batcave and... Um, where Bruce Wayne and Ace are, he's, Bruce Wayne's throwing batarangs and Ace is like, they're just hanging out with him. <laughs> Which I would say also, the entirety of Batman Beyond could be just the story of, of Bruce and Ace. Of Terry wanting to be friends with Ace and then eventually getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's like, Maybe Ace will be my friend today. It's like, hmm. Mm, no. Mm, we'll see. But yeah, so Terry gets back uh, and he's like, um, here you're having to do more shit with your company. Bruce is starting to be, to be more in charge because he got his company, uh, his Bruce Wayne Industries back after a while. And there's this guy named Jordan Price who is just a red herring and has almost nothing to do with anything in the entirety of this fucking... I was like, well, who is that guy? Oh, like, okay. No, no one. Oh, no one. Um, but yeah, so he's like, so if you're more busy, does that mean I'll have less Batman time so I can like hang out with my girlfriend? And Bruce is like, who sleeps these days? And it's like... Terry's like me, I'm a growing boy. I, I, I'm seventeen. <laughs> Please let me sleep. I'm actually growing. Bruce is like, I haven't slept a yeah. day since my parents mm-hmm. died. It's like, you should sleep now. And Terry's like, I have to go to the club to meet my girlfriend. And it's like, well, there you go. That's it. There you go. That's it. Meanwhile, there's a group of jokers and they meet up with their boss who, after they've like been fucked up by um, Terry, who's like, what are y'all doing here? They go back and meet up with their boss, who is revealed to be the Joker himself. And he's like, and the scene where they show him, he's like kind of in silhouette. His eyes are fucking red and his mouth is like there silhouetted. It is so fucking creepy. It's great. Uh, One of the guys who is like smarting from his battle from Batman, you can tell that's not my sentence, (laughs) is like, you're not the real Joker, he'd be really fucking old and you're not. And he's like, Oh yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. And he's like, I don't want to work for you anymore. I want out. And the Joker's like, Oh yeah, you want out. And he pulls out a gun and all of the Joker gang, Joker's with a Z gang is like freaked out about it. Um, and then he shoots the gun and it's a bang flag. Mm-hmm. And Bonk is like, I'm just, I was just kidding. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to fucking leave. And he's like, oh, turns out I was just kidding too. And then he shoots it again. It goes into Bonk's chest and kills him. And he's like, turns out I actually wasn't kidding. And he's like, you guys are going to fucking swear your loyalty to me, right? Yeah? Why you don't join fucking gang? Don't join a gang or a cult. Don't, don't. That's the lesson that's of this the lesson episode. That's the lesson of this episode. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, well... Y'all go along with my plan because otherwise I'm just gonna fucking murder you. So they go to steal from Wayne Enterprises that night, even though the security is supposed to be tight because they'd already tried to steal from them previously. 
there's a party to welcome uh, Bruce Wayne back. The Jokers attack Bruce Wayne um, and kind of reveal that the Joker is there as their leader. And Bruce is obviously pretty shook about this. Bruce is like, yes, my fuck buddy's back. Bruce is like, I just said juice. <laughs> Bruce is like, um, you're so young. <laughs> How, what's your secret? But yeah, so Terry drives Bruce home and is like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, wouldn't the Joker be in his mid eighties? Like he can't be, that can't be right. He would be a clone or is this like a robot? What do you think about this? And Bruce is like, um, you know, he hedges. And uh, you also see at this point, Tim Drake is watching it uh, on the news and sees the Joker that's alive. And Uh, he's probably, I would say he's in his fifties. He's got gray hair. He's kind of paunchy, but he's still, you know, got his shit more or less together. Yeah. Bruce doesn't answer any of his questions and he's like, okay, so I'm going to just go to Barbara because one of you actually sometimes answers questions and that's great. He goes to see Barbara and Barbara's like, can you leave me alone? Barbara's like, don't fuck with the Joker. Did, did they ever, was Barbara ever shot by the Joker in Batman Beyond? No. Okay. Yeah. So they, because I knew she was never in a chair, but then I was like, did almost, they explain that away It's somehow? like they put all of the Joker stuff on Tim instead of on Jason and Bat. Oh, okay. In an elseworldy type yep. of way. And there is no Jason at all. Okay. But also Terry is very reminiscent of Jason. Of Jason in that. Yeah. Yeah. Type of thing. Okay, so yeah, Terry goes to see Barbara, and she's like, don't, don't underestimate, and Terry's like, he was, you know, a fucking clown, he had, like, a bunch of gags with flowers, with water, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, and she's like, don't underestimate the Joker, he was a monster, none of the people that you're fighting with nowadays measure up to him, it is not the same thing, if Bruce says no, then fucking no, babs. So good. Back at the Batcave, Bruce analyzes the voice of the Joker with an old voice record, and it checks out, and it's like the exact same cadence. Everything matches. It should be the same person, which should also be impossible. And Terry gets back, and he's like, you never talk about the Joker. And Bruce is like, it can't be the real Joker. And Terry's needles, because of course that's who Terry is. And he's like, so you killed him, didn't you? There was, he must have been going to do something really horrible and you killed him to stop him. And Bruce is like, give the bat suit back. <laughs> Bruce! Bruce Not is like, I don't know how to deal with this. Anything. anything. <laughs> and Terry's like, no, like the bat suit is, is doing something good for me. I wasn't a good person for a while. And this is helping me feel like I'm, making up for things. It's helping me feel worthwhile. And Bruce is like, and Bruce does the class, classic thing and pushes away as strongly as he, sh- as he ever can and decides to shoulder the entirety of the weight of the world in his eighties. He's like, you stupid kid. You don't know what you want. None of you ever did. And like takes the bat suit away and fires Terry. Terry storms out and returns to his home and his stupid brother is like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking asshole. Also, it shows up on the next scene is like, it's the girls, it's Dana and like the other girls who are friends with her at the club. And they're like, it's girls night. 
And Dana's like, it's kind of always girls' night for me because my boyfriend is a flake. <laughs> um, and then Terry's like, I'm here. <laughs> Terry, why are you showing up for girls' night? You're ruining everything. While they are at the club, Terry and Dana both get attacked by the Jokers, um, which is the cute, like, the Dee Dee's are in their, like, little... They have a little black dress and, like, long hair, and they just beat the shit out of Terry. And then somebody throws, uh, one of the, like, he's like a scarecrow-type looking dude, throws Dana, and she ends up passing out, and blah, blah, blah. But, and Terry catches her and, you know, saves her, and then, but she has to go to the hospital, and he's like, they knew who I was. And he calls Bruce, and he's like, hey, they knew who I was, and then he's like, hey, oh, if they knew who I was and you're not picking up, which you don't have anything to do because you don't have a social life, um, shit! <laughs> like, vroom! Extra vroom on the motorcycle to get there. And uh, the Joker does attack the Batcave at the exact same time as uh, Terry getting attacked. And when the Joker shows up, he's like, Hello, Bruce, an old friend. To, uh, it's just an old friend to say hello. And it's like, ah! um, but yeah, so Terry takes care of the Jokers, makes sure that Dana is okay, speeds off to Wayne Manor, because they didn't really like fuck with Ace, but Ace is, they like pushed Ace away and Ace couldn't save Bruce, and he's like very traumatized. And he's just, he, so Bruce is in the, Bruce has, gets Joker venomed, but he has, enough wherewithal to be like on the table while he's laughing and uh, gets the anti-venom but he's in the hospital and poor Ace is like I'm sad so yeah he's like it's okay killer we're gonna we're gonna get through this it's gonna be just fine so this again this whole series is Terry being like please be my friend (laughs) please be my friend uh, so the next day, Terry goes to Commissioner Gordon and is like, so what the fuck happened? Because Bruce told me that the Joker isn't the Joker, but he didn't tell me literally anything else because he's an unhelpful piece of shit. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay. Uh, like, of course he is. Yeah. Oh, He hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It was 40 years ago. Okay. I know I've changed that number like 30 times okay. in the midst of this. That's just fine. Um, but yeah, so she's like, 40 years ago, Nightwing had left to establish himself in Bloodhaven. Robin was on patrol by himself, came to the aid of an old woman who turned out to be Harley Quinn, who hit him with a mallet and dragged him away. And then all of a sudden he was just gone for three weeks. And she and Batman were looking for him and trying to find him. And then they finally found a clue that pointed them to the original Arkham Asylum, which the clue is it's a bomb that ends up being confetti, but it's still a bomb with an invitation. And I'm like, God, the Joker. I mean, you know, your aesthetic. I will, (laughs) I will give you that. Their Joker and Harley introduce their son quote uh, with air quotes, uh, Joker Jr. Who is Tim Drake, but like, joker venomed all the way so Mm -hmm. he's he's dressed up like a small joker he has a rictus grin he looks bad and he's wearing little shorts because of course he is because it's tim 
a little babe. Um, but yeah, so after seeing Tim brainwashed and drugged, Batman rushes to attack the Joker and Batgirl goes after Harley. Um, I think if I remember correctly, during this, Batman was tied up and he like breaks through his vines in order to attack the Joker, which is great. Um, it's a lot of the like, this is how it should have been. been. Should have been handled with Jason. This is how it should have been with Jason. This is how it should have been with Babs. Babs yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get a lot of that feeling through this entire movie. All the uh, side the side stories that try to fix yeah. it, the side universes that are like, we'll fix this. They're like, we remember, you. and we're still mad. We're also still mad we'll, about it. We'll still be mad the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, so Joker leads the leads Batman to uh, Harley and Batgirl go off and fall uh, are fighting, and then Harley apparently falls to her death. Uh, Batgirl tries to save her, but isn't able to and she right. falls like, oh. yeah basically okay. she's like holding on to her and then she you know yeah. you know it's a classic yeah. the, the classic it's a classic the classic um meanwhile joker leads batman to a room where he shows batman a home movie of tim being tortured and turned into uh joker jr with like chemicals and electroshock and all of that sort of shit um and during the torture tim reveals the identity of the batman family and I will say, one of my favorite consistent beats about the Joker is that no matter how many times he finds out that Bruce Wayne is the is Batman, he's like, aw, boring, <laughs> piece of shit, this is how, like, really, you? Ugh. It's just so contrived. <laughs> like, yes, this is That's true. This is a consistent beat that should always be there with like, <laughs> oh, man, it's just because you're sad about your parents. <laughs> I'm Fucking tired. Boy. Imagine if we all get to be sad about our parents. <laughs> Imagine if we all got to be raised <laughs> by boys. But yeah, so he shows all of that, and Batman's fucking pissed, so he attacks the Joker. He breaks through his binds, he attacks the Joker. Batman, uh, the Joker pulls out a knife and stabs Batman in the leg, and then Batman pulls the knife out and, like, throws it at the Joker, like Stabs the Joker in the throat. <laughs> he's trying to stab him in the throat. Like he is, he is going to kill him. That is not like his intention is very clearly not. I'm going to save the Joker in spite of my person that I've called my son's like insanity. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that's how it should have been. It's the only thing that makes sense, unless you're a bad fucking writer. <sighs> The Joker also, like, throws a gun to Tim and is like, whenever you're ready, shoot this motherfucker. They fight a little bit more, and Tim is holding this gun, and he points it at Batman, and uh, he's like, shoot. And uh, he shoots, and it just says, bang. And then he is like basically asks and makes him he's like shooting like telling tells him to shoot again and they're both like beat to shit but batman is on the ropes at this point and he points at the last minute at the joker and shoots him with the bang gun and with his dying breath the joker says that's not funny that's not and then he just falls and to his death it's the best Joker death we've ever gotten. It's perfect. Uh, Tim breaks down into maniacal laughter, which soon turns to tears. He's comforted by Barbara, who tells him it's okay. And then they went on to bury the Joker deep under Arkham Asylum. And the only person that they told was the original commissioner, Gordon, who was like, I will 
absolutely keep your secret. Jim. Yeah. Jim. Good old Jimmy. Jimmy. Jiminy Jimmy Cricket. Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Oh. Well, we're going to shift a bunch of things. Oh, no. Why would you do this to me? Funny. Oh, that's so cruel. Um, well, you're gonna have to sit with that for a little while. Not just fine. Uh, Tim was in rehab for a year with Leslie Tompkins, who was able to oh, basically God, like Leslie. put him back on the straight and narrow and get him back to his life. And he probably, I think he wanted to go back to Robin, but Bruce was like, no, no more Robins, literally fucking ever. Which is also the way that that should have mm-hmm. gone with fucking Jason. Mm-hmm. But here we are. He was like, I'll never endanger another young partner. And he pushed away from kind of everybody who was like that. And then Tim was able to become a successful communications engineer. So that version of Batman took, or this, this world's Batman took on every piece of the world and became this gnarled old man who never took the suit off, who cut ties with most of the Justice League over this and just took more and more pain until Terry was like, I'm borrowing this. (laughs) I need this. Also, you're very old. Have you noticed? (laughs) No? Okay. Cool. cool. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, Terry puts on the bat suit and pays a visit to Tim. And Tim's like, I was still trained by Batman. So I do still know that you're there. You fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. And I was also smarter than him. So. Exactly. I will also say like a lot with everything that they do with Tim, Tim is still in a, like throughout this story is incredibly smart. He works with like the government to do a bunch of like technology things. You can tell that that's not my forte. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's sad and traumatized and terrible, but like they get a lot of him very right, mm. which I think is really good. He's still very smart, techie, hacking that sort of Mm -hmm. so yeah he looks into that and he's like i don't know anything about the return of the joker i put all that shit behind me a long time ago when bruce was like you can't be robin anymore and i was like okay well i guess that was just a dream of a child and bruce never got out of it and that's kind of his fault Mm -hmm. Mm Um, and then Terry looks into Jordan Price, who is the red herring that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, who is just some rich guy who's trying to like take over Bruce's company, who kind of looks like the Joker and is voiced by Mark Hamill. So yeah. he's there they, to be, they, he's there to be a red herring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so he, he goes to like check on Jordan Price. He's like, maybe it's Jordan Price on his private yacht and then all the jokers are there and they're like thanks for get helping us get what we wanted um we're here to silence you because you're a loose end bye <laughs> they basically show up say that and then are like later and the joker has this like space laser nuke okay that because of, uh, that he was able to take control of through the government and get this thing. So he like nukes this fucking yacht, which what a waste of literally anything. Um, and, uh, Terry's like, I came here to fuck this dumb dude up and now I have to save him. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. 
Terry goes back to the Batcave. Bruce walks in in like a bathrobe and he's like, I'm feeling lousy. <laughs> and they're like trying to kind of parse who, like what's going on. Cause they're like, Joker, Joker's dead. So it's not the Joker. So it's gotta be somebody. The only person that kind of really makes any sense is Tim because Tim has been working with the government to make a, defense satellite that could be that's basically a big giant laser nuke i'm not going to try to go into (laughs) fake science details because it's already it's 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 already confusing enough and then they you make it unrealistic they have a government laser nuke yeah it's fine so um he's like it really only makes sense for it to be him because he's the only one who's smart enough and who knows that it's you and this and that and all of this. And then he looks over at the like, my sidekicks that are not sidekicks anymore case that Bruce has in his sad little fucking bat cave and is like the only one that got fucked up is the one that's Tim's. And when I talked to Tim, he didn't have a lot of fond memories of hanging out with you, you motherfucker. (laughs) Tim wasn't very happy about you. <laughs> yeah. No like, one really is, but... Eh. Eh. It's fine. But he's like, it's it, it's gotta be... It's gotta be Tim, right? It's the only thing that makes sense. So he goes off to track down Tim, uh, who's supposed to be in Gotham, and he's like... He starts to talk to him and then realizes that he is a hologram. Uh, and then he tra- uh, Terry tracks down the Joker's hideout and he goes and fights through a bunch of those fucking nerds mm-hmm. and then goes inside and pa- finds Tim passed out. And he like wakes Tim up and he's like, are you okay? Where's the Joker? And are you okay? And are you the Joker? <laughs> and what the fuck is happening? And he's like, and Tim's like, kind of relives that fateful day and he's like I didn't I didn't mean to kill him or anybody and I kept having nightmares about basically the Joker in in his head telling him that he's also a killer that you did one bad thing so we're kind of exactly the same <laughs> I'm like oh trauma. God. Oh my god. Um and then he uh he ends up attacking Batman and then uh transforming into the Joker basically. And then the Joker brags that during the process of making Joker Jr., he implanted a DNA microchip, fake science, <laughs> that makes sense. in Tim so that even after his death, Tim, even after his death, he could live on in Tim's body. And Tim had no idea that the Joker was using him, which I will say, if he didn't say this, he could have just kept doing it. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> but here and also, we are. that's the type of villain that the Joker fucking is. True. The Joker wants to be known. Yes. He does it to be Perceive known. me. Yeah. Please, someone give yeah. me some sort of attention. Yep. He And he's been slowly, like, taking over more, using it at other places. He can, like, take on Tim's voice and be like, it's fine, honey, I'm at work. I'm sorry, I have to work with to his wife and kids. Lies! Yeah, it's spooky-ass fucking shit. But also lies, because mm-hmm. Tim is gay. <laughs> well, I guess Tim he's is bi. technically bi, but, like, for one person. But I will say his wife was blonde. Oh, okay. So, so it was actually We sad. can all headcanon the way that we want. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't get to meet Con in this one. Or probably Bernard, That's because he had all of the, this shit. Bernard. Mm-hmm. Or probably Steph, because no, that's this Steph. is a child kid. But you, it is. 
They, if it's a girl, it's Steph. <laughs> they met in some sort of a... They went to school. They're well, both smart. They, or they met in a, I've been traumatized by a supervillain thing. And then or, we're like, maybe let's get married. Yeah. Uh, so is it doable? No. But it's, it's comics. So it's fine. So here we are. So it's fine. So yeah, the Joker does his whole rigmarole in speech and does that sort of shit. And... Terry six ace on the Joker, and then they start to like fight in earnest. And also, they knock the like nuke laser, where which was going to hit Wayne Manor, and it ends up. Could you imagine shifting having a nuke them? laser, and you're only going for the Wayne Manor? <laughs> so it is actually a, a great bit because he's like, "We'll go for Wayne Manor," and then he pulls it up and it's like it also has Terry's mom's house yeah. and Terry's girlfriend and it's in a smiley face and I'm like okay okay yeah. <laughs> your commitment to the bit is great you're not good at anything else Terry six ace on the joker uh, and gets ace to like chomp his handcuffs so that he can get out of that puppy yeah and then Ooh. ace is like I've done enough <laughs> this is on you, Moose. I'm tired now. <laughs> I, have... I don't really like you. Yeah. I still really don't we're, like you. We're friends now, but it's but... taken three seasons and a movie. And once this is over, I'll probably go back to ignoring you. Bruce is you. my person, and you are also there, I guess. <laughs> They're starting to fight, and Joker's like, Bitch, I fought the original Batman for decades. Also, I have Tim Drake Bennies right now, so what are you gonna fucking do? And Terry's like, you don't know me. We are a different fucking people. And I have updated fucking technology. I have updated technology and, like, the Batman that you want to fight isn't Is it, here yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, because it's Terry, he starts to talk some real shit. He's like, you're not funny, you're obsessed with Batman because you never got that laugh and you're easy to figure <laughs> out. Because you never got to fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Because you never got him to fuck you. <laughs> because you're both bothers. Again. Facts. <laughs> everybody's awkwardly presenting and we can't go anywhere here. You're you're obsessed with getting that laugh and you're never going to get it. You're easy to figure out. You're nothing special. Also, Bruce doesn't have a fucking sense of humor. He's literally never laughed at a joke. And I can't believe that you keep trying for this fucking thing. Your jokes are bad. You, like, you're bits are bad. I can't believe that you're still trying to make this flower gig work. You make me laugh because I think you're fucking pathetic. You fell in some acid like a noob and made it your whole thing. How embarrassing for you. And it is the epitome of Gen Z coming for, like, (laughs) older gens. And I'm like, oh! Yeah, and Joker is so fucking pissed at this point, and he's like, no, that's bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what? You wanted to make Batman laugh? And he's and Joker like ends up throwing some grenades at him, and he's like, not what you wanted? And he's like, you're not fucking Batman! And it's like, okay, okay. But you just said I was. Yeah, but I, but I am, bitch. But I am. What are you going to fucking do about that? They end up damaging the machine, which knocks the laser towards them. I said that already earlier. Uh, the Joker pins Terry down and is like fucking pissed and begins strangling him and demands to hear Batman laugh before he dies. And he strangles him for a while. And Terry reaches up and grabs one of the Joker's electric joy buzzers and slaps it on the back of his neck where the microchip is and shorts it out while he says, ha ha. I'm like, Terry! 
Oh, you're like, such a little fucking, fucking bitch. Loser. Oh, I love you yeah, truly so much. Uh, and then uh, Tim comes back to himself. Batman, Terry and Batman, grabs uh, Tim and they get out of there before the laser destroys Ace the follows, whole building. Right? Oh, and they also grab Ace. Okay. He's just like, I actually already left. Ace I'm is already the last, back at Wayne the last, le- the last word in this whole sentence, and I definitely put it in at the end, because I was like, Ace also. They save Ace. <laughs> Ace is also <laughs> running with them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, basically, the shell of where all of the bad shit happened to Tim. So they should have just bombed this place out of fucking existence a long goddamn time ago. true. For the best. This is true. Um, later, two of the Jokers, the Dee Dee twins, are bailed out by their grandmother, who they call Nana Harley. Aww. Yeah. So it's revealed that she is, uh, she got out of all of it. She, you know. Just living a nice life with Poison Ivy. Nib- with li- Pamela Isley. Living a nice life, growing all of her plants with her wife. Yep. You know. And taking care of her dumb kids. And she's like, I can't believe, I keep trying to give you guys a good life. I hope they throw the fucking book at you. <laughs> Um, I assume she still has hyenas. I assume. They also, so in this, one of the Joker's gang has spliced himself into a hyena. So, and Terry's like, that fucker bit me. And Terry brings Ace to fight them at one point because he's like, can you, can you please go chomp on this fucking idiot? I feel like if I bit him, it would be weird. <laughs> and Ace is like, yeah, death him you. up. <laughs> I guess you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then Terry visits, uh, Tim at the hospital and Babs is there and like kind of checking on him and does the real intro and it's like, hi, I'm Terry and we met before and he's like, oh, you, oh, okay, okay. Um, I think Bruce picked a really great new Batman and you're doing a really good job and you're doing a great job continuing the legacy and... Terry's like, he doesn't cry, but you can tell he probably wants to because he's like... Because he's Terry. Well, because he's like, it's not like Bruce ever says anything nice. And then literally, like, as he's leaving, Bruce is like, the important, like, the thing that makes you worthwhile isn't the fact that you're Batman. It's the fact that you're Terry, and that's what makes you able to be this. No, Martha. I'm going to cry. Oh, no. Oh. And- yeah, and then he goes and makes up with Tim. <laughs> uh, finally, after 40 fucking years. Yeah, that's one down. You got like 40 you people to go. You fucking monster. I feel like he's probably okay with Babs at this point. Yes. In that that's future. It. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to go find Selena. Yeah. We got to go find Dick. You got to go find, find all your fucking Wonder Woman. All yeah. your fucking... Uh, all of the JLA. G- G- JLA. There we go. I hope yeah. Like words. <laughs> like all your buds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Return of the Joker is held in extremely high regard by fans of DC animation. It's re- considered to be one of the best animated uh, Batman films out there in the same league as Batman Mask of the Phantasm and Batman Under the Red Hood. And I would say that's probably, like, my top three. Mm-hmm. So, that's fair. Um, but the year of the release, it was supposed to be released on October 31st, 2000, but it was um, pretty dark, and it was right after fucking Columbine. Oh. So, because of all of that, they edited it 
extremely heavily mm-hmm. and Didn't released. Did do well because of it? It it still did well. Yeah. Because, you know, it was also still marketed to kids. Yeah, which it shouldn't true. have been. No. This is definitely not a kid's fucking shit. The show is for kids. Yeah. The movie is no. not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then following fan outcry, like, um, they had a lot of petitions and things like that. They released, they the, released unedited the unedited version, which is PG-13, yeah. in April 2002. Uh, the unedited cut is definitively way better. I don't think I've ever even seen it. I should watch it. You should. It's yeah. very... I'll probably rewatch Batman very at some point soon, and then yeah. I can follow it up with that. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that gets edited out of it is... Uh, so when you, when you have Bonk in the beginning, one of the Joker's... Losers that get, that gets killed with the bang gun, um, which is a huge piece of foreshadowing. Foreshadowing that we lose. We, like you can kind of be like, oh, this is the same person who did this. So yeah. you can figure out that the Joker is Tim way yeah. earlier with that piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets Joker gassed instead, and it's just made generally a lot less violent. The Joker game members say they're going to ice people instead of kill them, which is really funny. Uh, the ha-has that are written all over the Batcave in paint are purple in the edit and red in the non-edit. I don't. I can't imagine Tim is going out and getting. Blood. I, was say, I don't know where the blood would be coming from, yeah. but it makes it more ominous exactly. when it's red. It's just it's Joker's just being paint. a spooky yeah. douchebag. Yeah. So the Joker pulls out a knife at one point, but in the edit, he just punches Batman, <laughs> and then Batman throws the knife back at the Joker's face with intent to kill, which you don't see in the other thing. And, like, the knife is fully edited out. None of that is there. And the Joker is much more vivid in his explanation of what happens. He says, I'll... Um, in one of them, he's, in the edit, he says, I... He says, I'll begin how I affected young Robin's makeover, which sounds really weirdly translated, but you know, what? It, whatever. I'm sure it mean, makes sense with context. And then in the un- uncut version, he says, I'll begin with how I peeled back the layers of the boy's mind. And um, there's blood, like people actually bleed because they get stabbed with a fucking knife, but the knife isn't there. Some of the lines are just gross. The line when Joker is like, Hey, shoot fucking Batman. He says, make daddy proud and deliver the punchline. And in the edit, he says, make, make him one of us, implying that Tim isn't going to murder Batman, but he's going to like Joker gas him. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the Tim and the Joker and Batman, like Batman's beat, he's on the ropes. The Joker tosses Tim the gun. They fight some more. He tells Tim to shoot Bruce and it's a bang gun, like the beginning. And Bruce says, Tim, like, sadly, in a, in a sad voice, <laughs> Tim. And Tim is Just laughing like and, like, cracking and trying to do the right thing. And he still shoots at Batman. And then he shoots him in the chest. And it's, and, like, just the beat of he get the Joker getting shot in the chest with a fucking bang gun and having that be the thing that kills him. Mm-hmm is so good. And the Joker saying that's not funny as he dies is the perfect fucking thing. And the fact that Batman tries to do lethal damage to the Joker several times during this fight, Mm -hmm. all of that's cut out. Instead of the edit, Tim chucks the gun and then he tackles the Joker into some chemicals. He gets wet 
Like, because they're wet chemicals. <laughs> and then accidentally electrocutes himself off screen. You don't even get to see anything. I'm like, this is... Like, I get something awful happened in Columbine, but I don't know why we have to edit every single fucking thing out ever. Still this has nothing to do with Columbine. <laughs> First of all, he's still dying. Secondly, him dying and not having it be Tim's fault takes away... The whole point. The whole point of everything. The whole point of this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like it's and it's such a... It's probably the best Joker death that you can get, where it's just, like... You thought that you had somebody under your control, Mm -hmm. and it turns out you didn't, and you get this little fucking bitch death that you've always deserved, which is so perfect. And instead, it's like, I knocked you into something, and you accidentally electrocuted yourself, and for some reason, I've been sad about that for a really long time. Whereas, it's not like I couldn't have been sad or fucked up about the fact that you made me into a small version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, that could have been there. Um, Babs goes on to tell uh, Terry that they buried the Joker deep beneath Arkham and that the only person who knew was her dad and that he kept this secret for Robin's sake. And she says, with his last, last act of cruelty, the Joker tainted us all with compromise and deception. I just suppose he had the last, last laugh after all of that. And, like, that's fucking it Mm -hmm. like he forces them to do a murder which none of them fucking wanted to Mm -hmm. do he forces them to have to lie about it it's so good and then like they have tim being traumatized from the joker and later he's in the edited version he's like i still hear his scream i still see his frozen smile and in the uncut version it's like but i still hear the shot i still see his dead smile and it's so like it's not like like tim should be traumatized Mm -hmm. period regardless but like this story doesn't work without tim having accidentally killed the joker yeah so, thankfully, uh, the PG-13 eventually saw the light of day two years after the G- G-rated version, and Bruce Tim looked back on the whole controversy and was like, I probably should have been a little less edgy, a little less adamant about the edgy material since it was eventually going to come out anyways, because the home video department does market to children, but also editing this sucked. It was like cutting the fingers yeah. off of my baby. Yeah. <laughs> And like, like it, it tells so many stories very well. It tells the story of Tim Drake, who suffered the severe mental trauma and manipulation, and who you, you think gets out of it and then doesn't, and still has to fight his way out of it. You see why Bruce Wayne is the way that he is, and all of his trauma and relived trauma and trauma that he invites on himself over and over again. Um, you get to see. Barbara Gordon, who has, like, the entire weight of the fucking world on her shoulders in spite of not wearing fucking tights anymore. Some of us have to live a real-life Bruce. Um, and having to keep all the dark secrets of the past hidden. And then you get to see Terry having to deal with the one of the biggest villains that Gotham has ever had and proving that like if Terry went up against the Joker, it would have been a real fucking... Mm-hmm. But also, the Joker doesn't give a shit about Terry. He wouldn't have fought him. Yeah. But, like, having a, a Batman who's like, Your jokes are bad, bitch! Yeah. Is so good. 
So it's it's not just a great Batman Beyond movie. It's a it's the only Batman Beyond movie uh-huh. because we never got any other ones. And like in spite of living on in the comics, there hasn't been a lot of Batman Beyond content. Yeah. There was a run in 2014 by Darwin Cook, and that's basically been it. But it's also like it's just a good fucking story. It's great work. It's 23 years later, and it's still gorgeous and well done and heartbreaking and a better version of a bunch of stories that we've recently talked about that sucked mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. hard recommend uh to actually watch it it's so fucking good i i own it somewhere on dvd because i thought it was worth mm-hmm. worth owning and then nothing and now i was gonna say and now nothing is really worth owning oh because everything streams and also we don't own a dvd player no so. That's facts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there was our episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so rate, review, subscribe. We're on Apple, Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe. And we're on Spotify and we're on Amazon. We're also on Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> we're also Remartha. ESO Network and on Podbean. <laughs> Um, and hey, bye. Bye. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> or a Tuesday, maybe. Some Tuesday. We'll see you in eight years. <laughs>